Good evening and welcome back everybody to another edition of The 80s Kids. We are here again to talk a lot about 80s culture and 80s everything. So um, we've got a great show lined up today. Um, So uh, we're going to get into that in a minute, but let's do a little bit of introductions. I am Kyle Lintz. I'm one of your co-hosts here along with Rich Oliver. What's up? Welcome, welcome. So we are going to be uh, talking about, uh, as we've done in the past episodes, 80s, uh, all 80s culture. We'll be talking about movies. We talk about video games, toys, TV, sports, news, wrestling. We got it all on this show. This show is the show for your 80s connection. Absolutely. So so today we've got a pretty special one. This is a pretty big deal. Um, And this is anybody anybody that was around in the 80s this is going to be probably one of those that's hitting all the fields you know this is like that the you know we're going to talk about one of the most influential movies of the decade of even any decade even to this day is still one of the most talked about and and the one i watch if it's on tv today i'll watch it Uh, yeah it's it's Uh, one that you'll stop and just say i I, when it's on you're like i gotta watch i can't not watch because it covers so many eras i think so you just if you love you know the 50s till the where we are now and it's actually we're past it but uh, right absolutely absolutely so what we're talking about and if you haven't figured it out already the 80s detectives that you are um, we are talking about back to the future uh, one of the greatest films ever released i mean it's one of the greatest sci-fi comedies of all time i mean it's just one of those perfect movies, like just beginning to end, just an excellent movie um, to talk about. So this week, um, talking about Back to the Future, we are talking about the week of July 1st to July 7th, 1985. Which essentially splits the 80s in half. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah, we're right in the middle (laughs) of the 80s. This is dead nuts. (laughs) middle of the 80s (laughs) right in the middle which is awesome right you can't get any better than that no here we are so how old were we about this age we would have been what um Uh, 10 11 i was gonna say yeah like 11 years old i was thinking about this last night sleeping in bed i'm not good with math so i had (laughs) to use my fingers but i was uh but i was thinking that i was like i go when did this happen and i'm i'm gonna break into a personal story Oh, go right for it. Off yeah. on it. Before we before we kick off, and the thing of this movie was, so I had my, the older brother. Everybody knows the wit, and uh, this was in the middle of the eighties. Now we didn't have a video recorder like uh, the VCR. I was right back then. So <clears throat> downtown Eriskany Falls, the small town we lived in, they had a bar which also had a video store to the side in it. Um, uh, the Falls Hotel. That's yep. where everybody went to get their videos, rent them. <laughs> and then at that point, you could rent the suitcase video recorder. Right. Yeah, I remember and, those. And bring it home with the tape. That was the whole thing. So yeah. I had no idea even about this movie, but I just remember coming upstairs. I, I, want, I don't even know if one of my friends was with me, but I remember coming upstairs in my house. Parents were gone, middle of the day. This is after, this is, this isn't now. This is, Whenever it was released on video, could be the following year. I don't. Yeah, I think know. It, I think it came out of video in '86, right. if I'm not mistaken. Okay. The only this, so I was probably 12 then, but right. I just remember 
coming upstairs and I'm, and I'm going up into like one of the bedrooms and there's like, I hear a ruckus mm-hmm. and it's my brother, the wet and his, and his boys, the crew. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm thinking, and I go in there and they got like the oh, a TV sat and this thing hooked up to it. And I'm, you know, looking back, I don't even know if that time I thought of it, but looking back, I'm thinking porn, you know <laughs> what I mean? Why, why would, why would this be going on? You know what I mean? But I remember, and, and this was, I caught probably the last 20 minutes of the movie, but they yeah. were watching it on the screen, you know, on that, on the, the machine and it back to, and I was like, what's going on? And they're like, oh, it's a great movie. Back to, you know, mm-hmm. and they were probably 16 or 17 at this time. You know what I mean? Right, but they were right. all watching it. Yeah. And I'm like, what are you guys watching? And I just, I only caught the la- the ending of the movie. And I was just like. Right. I was just like, what? Speechless. I was like, what is this? You know what I mean? <laughs> what is this? I didn't even know the premise, but I was just like, mm-hmm. what is this? And uh, I don't even know when I watched the, the entire movie after that. I couldn't even tell you. Mm-hmm. It could, I could have been that day. I could have watched it after they were done. You know I mean? The only right. thing I remember was just like, that was my introduction. It was like walking in a room. You know, I could have found my parents having sex type of thing. But it was just like walking <laughs> in, it was like, boom. And then watching this movie and I just, it wrapped you up like that. The yeah. action and everything. And yep. I was just like, what the hell just happened there? And saw the ending. And then at some later point, went and watched the whole movie. But that's right. my initial memory of yep. Back to the Future. Right. So, you know. Yeah. And and the cool thing was, I, I say with me, I did not see this in theaters. I did not get a chance to go. Um, I didn't see it till it came out on VHS, uh, you know, in 86. I think at this time we, we had done that same thing. We had rented one of those suitcases and watched it, you know, with the VCR that way. Because you could rent it for like a week. And, yeah. Um, it was like 25 bucks or something or 30 bucks. Is that what it was? I don't even know. Something like that. It was so my dad, I remember my dad would go to this video store in Clinton. It was called Video V-I-D-D-Y-O Video. And he bought, I think as soon as he started going there, they offered like lifetime memberships and my dad bought, bought one. Really? <laughs> it's like, well, you know, it didn't last too long. And I think they went out of business by the <laughs> before the 90s were over. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but so, you guys were movie buffs because you you had. I mean, I'm not breaking your nuts, but you had no, no cable at your house. No, we did. Yeah, we lived so in the middle guys, of nowhere. You guys were movie buffs up top. Yeah, we. It's pretty much our our was our main source of entertainment was just renting VHS. Right. So yeah, this was uh, and I remember seeing this for the first time and just uh, yeah, just jaw to the floor. It was just awesome. I mean, you're laughing, you're on the edge of your seat. It's just, it's like, it's a great all yeah. around uh, uh just perfect movie right i mean holds you've got up today holds up today ho- absolutely still to this day you watch it, it it's still it, it doesn't feel dated even even though it yeah. takes place in 1985 it still feels like they made it yesterday it's just right. a, a a great uh great cast i mean michael j fox christopher lloyd uh thomas yeah, well, F. wilson right you can't beat that especially yeah. michael j fox mid 80s i mean I don't he was even on. know, did they, because he was on Family Ties. Yes. This, how did that work out with okay. this? Okay, this, this is an interesting fact about this movie, because this movie, he was originally approached to play Marty McFly, but he had, he was already contractually obligated to play Alex Keaton on yeah. Family Ties. So he could not do it. They basically said, no, no, no dice. He had to say, uh, you know, so they had to, they had to find a different actor and they did. 
they hired Eric Stoltz. Um, Eric Stoltz, if you don't know who he is, he's been in, he's, he's a lot of indie films. He, he, good actor. Oh, but, great actor. Yeah. But I mean, it would not have been the same movie. It, it wasn't. If you ever see any of the stuff from it, there's, there's a lot of picture stills out. Um, he, he looked a lot different. He had like a lot crazier hair. Like it was sticking up and he had like a leather jacket and guitar shirt and all this. He like looked like he was a rock star type kid. They shot half the movie with Eric Stoltz. Really? And by the, and after a while, the, the director is just like this, it's not working. It does, they didn't, there was just not the chemistry they were hoping for. Bring um, it up right now. Who's the director? Robert Zemeckis. Zemeckis. Okay. Zemeckis. Uh, yeah. Who's still, you know, still yeah, directs well, yeah, films today, you know. <laughs> and they filmed half and shut it down. Filmed half of it and said, went, a, went to the studio and said, look, we got to get Michael J. Fox. That's we a budget killer. That's a budget. Killer. Oh, yeah. Because that, I mean, they've already spent half their budget at that point. And they had the, the I mean, studio they made say, it up. They made it up. Of course. Oh, but right. I mean, in spades. But I mean, look, looking back, great decision. Oh, absolutely. But I mean, yeah. think about that. You've made half a movie. The studio's already given you all this money. You're going to them saying, look, it sucks. We need to start from the beginning. And, and hindsight, we need that money back. <laughs> hindsight could have been the last movie he ever made. It could have been. Because you know it, I mean? it, it, it may not have clicked well, with I mean, audience. Not just that, but even if he switched halfway through right. to Fox and a bomb, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was yeah. it. Oh, that's, yeah, that would have been it. That would have definitely would I mean, have been it for him. For that's sure. rolling the dice, but I mean, yeah, you know, history shows good decision. Right, and the funny thing is too. So they went to Gary Goldberg, who was the creator of Family Ties, and they're like begging him to say, "Please let us use Michael J. Fox, please, please, please." And he actually finally agreed, but he could not shoot if they were scheduled to film the show that day. So a lot of the shooting, and this is what Michael J. Fox would do, is he'd go in and shoot like all night with Back to the Future. Then he'd go right over to the studio to Paramount to shoot Family right. Ties. And all then how, done there, going back to the Back to the Future side. This is back when it, there was no uh, shooting in Georgia in Canada back right. then. It was all Hollywood. It was all, yeah, it was all LA pretty much. I mean, it was yeah. LA and New York. That was pretty much your, your two yeah, yeah. options. But that, but he would, he was pulling double duty. Double, yeah. Actually, even almost to a degree, I think he was doing triple because I think he was also working on Teen Wolf at the same time, really, uh, or pretty close to that time. So he's really, I think he either he just finished Teen Wolf shooting, and that's when he was he was just finishing that as he was going into the Back to the Future shoot. And right, yeah. just for just for reference, uh, to so I mean, obviously, people from the eighties know, yeah, these movies killed it. Oh, for I mean, sure. It, it, I mean, this was Michael J. Fox. The mid '80s was Michael J. Fox. He like, was, yeah. Like he was the. He this was is the it kid. Yeah, his career was just like skyrocketing at this point. Yeah. I mean, because Family Ties was a hit. I mean, that show was huge on TV. Right. And uh, just getting him now into movies, he was doing because he would he'd done like TV movies and stuff. Um, like this movie called Poison Ivy. I don't know if you, if you ever go back and look, you'll you'll. I think YouTube has these too. But they used to do TV movies, movies of the week. Yeah, um, yeah. this is something you don't see anymore. No, it's um, TBS movie of the week or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. and they would shoot these movies with like whoever the hot actor was on this, you know, on TV at the time, and they make these really cheesy comedies. <laughs> and so he did a few of those before right. this, but this when was where Family Ties come out. 
Family Ties started in 1982, I believe. Okay, 81 so they, or 82. Right. So right now he, he's like, I mean, by now it's a hot commodity. Yeah. He's been on there for, you know, four, three, four I seasons mean, at this point. Probably Emmys at this point, right? For the, I would think somebody in the cast anyway. At least. Yeah. I mean, the was, show didn't uh, win it. Yeah. Writers or whatever. Right. But yeah. Most likely. Right. I mean, this is yeah. the middle of the run. Yeah. Cause it ran until 89 or 90. I right. Think it, middle of the run. So yeah. Yeah. Right around yeah. The, the middle. So yeah, he's, he's on fire. His career's taken off. He's doing, you know, but just, yeah, I, I think know that though. He's, so he's just, he's pulling basically double. If not yeah, duty. He's, he just was to do this. And yeah. And he was sleeping. He said, I think he said like, you know, two or three hours a night just to try to, you know, fit everything in. But right. you, you, you watch the movie. You can't tell that he's, if he's exhausted oh, no. or anything. I mean, he's pulling no. off this great moment. Probably, uh, probably cocaine, right. probably cocaine. <laughs> About you know mid eighties. I can't guarantee. I, there's no fact there, folks. But but he's pretty wound up in the movie. So I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you I know, mean, you, and you know, uh, Canadian born. Yes. Yep. Born. High school he, dropout as well. Interesting. Really? Enough. Just I don't know if there's something to brag about, but yeah. no. But just just down here making it happen yeah. in yeah. the states, and uh, so this is. Like I say, this is the time. I mean, he he's hot and he knows it, so he's doing the movies, you know. Oh yeah, and I think just reading that script, he's probably like, "This is gonna be, you know, th- this is a big one. If I don't take, if I don't do this, I know he wanted to when they yeah. offered it to him, but you know, when they wouldn't allow him to do it, he kind of was like, eh. Yeah, but it, when you got Christopher Lloyd in there too, I mean, he was yeah. established. You know yeah. what I mean? It yeah, because he had come from Taxi. Yeah. Um, which you know he was on there for I think four of the five seasons it aired. Right, and I mean, um, essentially, the character is almost transfer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like the same character, but one's an idiot, and then one's right. One's a genius. A genius. So, I mean, it, it, interestingly, too, the year before, Christopher Lloyd played a Klingon in Star Trek Three, if you recall that, which is pretty mm-hmm. cool. So we we'll, we'll, we will talk about Star Trek Three in in the future too. Um, oh, but yeah, this was a, but this movie, yeah, and so this came out July third. Uh, 1984. So Wednesday or 1985 on Wednesday that that week. So oh, holiday week. Yeah. So that was usually. Busters. Yeah. Well, the, interestingly enough, um, if I let me ask you a question, we'll we'll answer this question when we when we talk about movies and TV. When I talk about the top movies of the week, how much do you think this movie earned its first weekend? Because nowadays we talk about you know when they talk about movies, what they earn, you know, they're like, oh, it earned like a hundred million dollars this weekend or some crazy thing. But this is the 80s, so it's a little different time. But how much do you think this would have pulled July in July 4th week? weekend, yep. mid-80s, $5 million? You're pretty close. It's a really good guess. It's a, it's a fantastic guess, actually. And that's funny because, to be honest with you, that's still pretty low. If you think about a movie like this. Yeah, right. But this it's a came holiday out- weekend. It's hard because a lot of people are on vacation. Right. That yeah, and that's a big thing. That and back in the eighties, this was a whole different um, way in which things were handled too. Like movies, when they came out, if it wasn't a sequel or something like that, it was. It sort of built momentum over time. So mm-hmm. like this, when this movie was released, it wasn't the big movie. No, of the I, week. by August, I guarantee. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. and that's but nowadays, like if if a movie comes out today. And if in its first weekend it doesn't make a you know a, a big number or something that they're yeah. projecting, they're like, oh, it's a failure. It but back in in the eighties, 
it took weeks sometimes for a movie to really build an audience because it yeah. was all word of mouth. So like five, six weeks later, it's starting to make big money and it becomes the number one movie when it's already been out for so long. And it's, it's, right. it's just so weird to think about nowadays. Especially if it went up against something hard. Right, right. You know what I mean? But so, so what'd it make? It's first week, about a little over 3 million. Really? And it's first that week. That low, wow. See, I was, was, I was not eyeballing the number, it. Not the number one movie that week, which is well, interesting. Um, I'd have to look. When we get to it, I'll, I'll definitely go down that list. But oh, um, oh but see, it was bad, not. Bad research, folks. Bad research. <laughs> I haven't. I just got to go to my notes. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. We're, we're going to get into movies after. I'm yes, sorry. We're, we're, still, we're still in the opening. All right, right, right. All right, all right. So, and, and also, too, and if you think about it, that, when that, that whole box office, like uh, um, the way in which it was treated, like the, you know, the, the momentum building and things like that, yeah. that changed in 89 with Batman. Batman changed everything. Right. When right. it came to Well, because that's what I mean. Like, really, honestly, in 1985, there was commercials for it. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, all their advertising, radio, whatever, blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. But what did they do? Did they do uh, Carson before it? Did they do Good Morning America? How do they, like, nowadays, that's guaranteed. You know, right. They, they get out a month ahead of it, if not yeah, month, you know. I don't think they did that. I think they came on after. Like, I think it was released, and then they're like, oh, we're going to have, you know, who's so and so who, who's on. Right. right. I'm pretty sure that's how it was handled back in those okay. days. It wasn't typically, unless, it, again, it was a big movie, like, you know, um, Return of the Jedi or something, where it was yeah, something that right. was already established. Right. Um, they were, you know, it wasn't going to be, um, you know, they weren't jumping on these actors yet. Well, and especially with obviously his schedule there wasn't yeah. a lot of time for uh right fanfare leading yeah. up to it yeah i mean he may have gotten to go on early because he did have family ties to plug and they could be like oh yeah and by the way i'm in this little movie <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> right right no so, absolutely yeah <clears throat> but, but uh it, yeah and it, it, it the the genesis of that movie too um the original concept of that movie came from uh bob gale who's the writer of that. He's essentially the creator. He's the father of Back to the Future. He was visiting his parents' house and his, he was looking through old yearbooks of his father and he would find pictures of him. And he looked at me like, I wonder if we went to high school together, if we'd be friends. That was what he asked himself. And from that point, he's like, what, happened, what would happen if I went back in time and met my dad? And that's where the whole idea of that, the movie came from. Oh, really? And he, uh, yeah. And when they made that movie, there was no intentions of any sequels or anything uh, along those lines. It was just going to well, be one and done. I feel like they wrapped it up until the they, end. They did. Right? You know, I mean, it was, the idea was go back to the 50s. Right. You know, from the 80s, 30 years. Right. You know, it seemed like a big deal. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, looking back now, if I, we went back 30 years, I, it doesn't feel like it would be a big deal. Right. It's that you would be, like, I mean? you know, the early 90s at this point. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, it would be, you know, but back then, I guess, yeah. I don't know, growing up in the 80s, it felt like the 50s was such a different time. Yeah. It felt like it was like centuries before. You know what I mean? Music we were, yeah. and just, yeah. I yeah. mean, everything sped up so much later on, but it was yeah. just, uh, yeah. I mean, that's what was, it was, the, it was that, it was the genre of, mm -hmm. The jump, 
Yeah. I mean? And then Let's, when they jump, when they jump forward, they jump 30 years. 30 years that, to 2015. That, that nothing panned out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, but that was back then when we right. when we it, were in the 80s going, man, they're gonna have flying cars. Right. We were, that. We we're stoked. Flying cars, hoverboards, you know all I mean? this stuff. Right, all that stuff. So yeah. Well, it, I mean, it, we're, 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 yeah, no, go ahead. Uh, no, I was just going to say, like, uh, with uh, thinking about, I think 50s was a time when, like, culture really, like, like, teen culture really took shape. Like, before mm -hmm. that, like, teens weren't really anything more than, I guess, just, you know, kids that obeyed their parents type of thing. It was in the 50s, they started to become those rebels, like that mm -hmm. rebel without a cause james right. dean type of thing that started in that era and i think that's why it was, seems like it's so different because it, it, it was and it was a lot of uh there's one for the show folks i'm cracking on there. there's uh <laughs> but we came off of the 40s or world war ii right right where yeah. i mean a lot of kids were going to war and shit right so, i mean that was different and then you know because it was so serious Right. And then in the in the fifties, that was the generation that was yep. born in the forties. Right. Coming in, you know what I mean? And it, it right, yeah, Korea, Korea, things like that, blah blah sure. blah, blah. It it loosened up where people start getting more rebellious and mm -hmm. uh yep. and the and music I, and everything, you know. And and I was watching a movie recently too, a rewatching a movie, I should say. Um it, we'll talk. I'm sure we'll talk about this in the in an upcoming episode. But the Outsiders, if you remember, which took place. In the oh yeah, baby. and it was funny because I'm watching that, and it's like that's where the you know the greasers, and that's that was a whole thing back and then. The, as soch, well. the greasers, the soch, the soch, yep, yeah. absolutely. And uh, it's funny because that's that culture of you know where they were kind of becoming almost like gangs and things like that mm -hmm. really started in that era more than anything. Not that there weren't any before, but it really became. Right. You know, relevant in that time, I think, um, which is pretty cool to to think back. It's it's an interesting aspect of time for them to select, because I think if they had gone back to the '40s, it would have been too bland. But in the right. '50s, you had so many different versions. Like you had the nerds, <coughs> and you had the greasers, and you had right. the jocks. Well, and they had, started they to had, see that clicking. And they had they had to keep it in context of the parents. Right, like, right, when, absolutely. When were the parents? You yes. know, so. So you looked at a 30-year jump. Yes, you know it, I mean? it made yeah. sense. It, it made, made sense. sense. And I mean, how can you not love the character of George McFly? Uh, I mean, played by Crispin yeah. Glover, who who is so so right. un so odd and, and but but played it so so charmingly. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then Leah Thompson is his mother, uh, who is also. Yeah, I mean, part. yeah, right, exactly, and it, it was beautiful what they did moving forward with, with, with the sequels and how absolutely they, how they did everything. Biff, oh and, yeah, uh, <clears throat> it's funny he's he was he does stand up comedy and stuff. Uh, the guy that played Biff, um, but I mean that's his his most noted thing. But he he has actually had a very huge career as a voiceover actor. I watch like my kids watch SpongeBob, and I always hear his voice in there, and I'm like, eh, "What's he playing, SpongeBob?" It, it, a variety of different characters. Really? He's not a main character. He'll just come in and play like different characters. Wow. There's this one character um, where SpongeBob was. There was a bully at, at driving school, and he's like, "The guy just says I like kicking butts," and it's it's Biff telling that the whole time. Like I just hear the voice, and I'm like, 
That's awesome. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. But uh, in a, the cool thing too is Back to the Future spawned an animated series in the early 90s. A lot of people aren't uh, familiar with. Um, did not know that either. Yeah. And, and Thomas Wilson, who played Biff, did the voice of his character in there. I, I will. And I actually, those that can't see on the podcast, oh, but I, I'll show you, Rich. This is some of my stuff you can kind of see here if I can get it in view. Oh, all okay. I see is the car. All I see is the car. You see that? There? I see. <laughs> I kind of see it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a animation cell from. Okay. Yeah. I got a couple of them. I'll show you a couple here real quick. Let's see if I can. You can see Doc Brown. Here. Oh yeah. <laughs> Where are they from? Uh, there's a, a company that sells them. I, I bought through there. <laughs> but that's from the anim- yeah, that's from the show. Yeah, they're they're they come with a certificate of authenticity. But I, I'm I love the anime. I love animation, so I I'll pick up like certain picture frames and things like. Yeah, that. it's awesome. But yeah, and, and I I've rewatched the cartoon with my kids a few times, which is kind of fun. Christopher Lloyd was in it, which was kind of cool. I didn't even know that. Yeah, in early nineties. Yeah. Ninety. It lasted from ninety one to ninety three, I believe. Was that after the third one? Yeah, no. yeah, it was it after. Was, the it was. Third one came yeah. out in 1990, so that was right after it. Um, but yeah, it, it's. We'll talk more about the sequels in the, in upcoming episodes. Yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. You know, we'll get into. Uh, this uh, was a big. This was a big week. I knew, like, when we yeah. talked the last, I was like, I know this was going to be a big one for Kyle. Oh, I yeah. wanted to throw it out there because I was yeah. like, this, this growing up, you were you were back to the futures. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, you you loved all that. Stuff. Still love it. And and I, I anytime they they release it locally, if they play it in theaters, I'll try to go see it. I've seen it a few times really? on the screen, so I I have been able to see it on the big screen, uh, on a couple. Well, of that's cool. So that's yeah, cool that you get there. Yeah, if 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 they do that, it's it's always kind of fun to, you know, revisit them like that. Would you you know to, you know, just to relive that sort of uh, the moments of of watching in the in the theater. All right, and absolutely for the people that can see, Kyle is sitting in. <laughs> yeah, with DeLorean background. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. It's yeah. awesome. I like I figured, that. Hey, well, you know, is, I that the, is, is it the flux capacitor that's yep. over your right shoulder? That's the flux capacitor. Well, no, behind you there. Okay, yeah, I'm looking right over. There. What's be, what's the other side? This is the time circuits. It's where you turn the time circuits uh, on so that you can punch right. it in and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. I know my. Like you crazy motherfucker! Back. I know. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All yeah, right. yeah, that was that was uh that's our big story for the week. This but yeah, is, and it is a huge time. Fourth of yeah. July weekend. Yes. Week, whatever you want to call it. Um, so yeah, we you know by Dead Nut Center, right? Nineteen eighties. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And and man, what a what a a great uh, way to celebrate that, right? <laughs> Absolutely. So why don't we roll into the next segment? I'll, I'll lead us into, we'll talk about movies. Since we were talking about uh, Back to the Future, let's talk about what the top movies um, for this week would have been. Because obviously, I, I mentioned already that, you know, Back to the Future wasn't number one. Um, what do you I think was amazed have, at that. I was what amazed. do you think it would have been out of the top 10? Where do you think it would have felt? <clears throat> out of the top 10? Yeah. Oh, it's got to be like three, right? Where is it? Number eight. Really? Number eight, well, which is it, crazy, it, right? It just opened, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what, though? A lot of movies come out in May, right? Because the... May is the, the big su- push. Because summer. the summer in the South starts earlier. Because kids right. get out of school earlier. They're so. done in May. 
And right. So they're already in, they're already in summer right. in know, the north, like we are. The colleges are done in May, right? And in June, we, the high, the schools are out. Right. So it, it's so, late June. Typically. Right. So right. So where? So what is it? What's going on? And all uh, right. So let's. So number one, number one is actually a brand new movie this week, and it's probably one that if I mention it, most people will be like, "I think I know that one." It's a movie called Pale Rider. Familiar with Pale Rider? Oh, Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood, right, right, yeah. That so came out in 1985. 1985, same weeks. It came out the same week as Back to the. I thought that was like 70s. No. I mean, 85. I thought Clint Eastwood got done with the cowboy shit in the, the 70s, he, and in the 80s he was all like sudden impact. And, yeah, uh, he was for the most part. But if he directed, <laughs> he did the westerns. It was always one he directed. Wow. So Pale well, Rider, he directed. That makes sense because he's had such a following. So that made mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, so, exactly. He's a he's an established actor. People know who Clint Eastwood is, and now he's returning as a, a western. People are like, "Oh, I got to see this, right?" Yeah. So that wow. that pulled in for the weekend. It's pretty good numbers. Fourteen point uh, five million that weekend, which is pretty good. Uh, pretty good, yeah. yeah for itself. Um, number two is the movie Cocoon. Oh, okay. Num- which was number one the week before. Um, really? Yeah. So, or, yeah, so it, it's up to me 12 million that we can directed by Ron Howard. I'm sure we'll talk about that one in the upcoming episodes. Never seen it. Never seen it. Yeah. It's never it's, seen it's it. Been a while I've, only, I've, seen I, it. I've only seen the shots of the old people jumping in the pool <laughs> and that shit, but never, I don't know. I don't Here, know. I mean, here's something to blow your mind. I saw this in a meme on Facebook, right? So Cocoon, you know Wilford Brimley, right? He was in yeah. Cocoon. He was 51 the year he made Cocoon. Okay. Now, now picture his face, right? Right. And like now actors like Paul Rudd, who plays Ant-Man, is 51. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> you think about Wilford, the difference. Right. Well, it was harder living back then. Well, yeah, yeah. We came from a much harder I mean, time back then. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't too much after that. He got the diabetes. That's And he had to, he had to get on those commercials, you know what I mean? Wilford <laughs> oh, Brimley. Yeah. Oh yeah, gotta gotta pitch the diabetes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, so yeah, twelve million for Cocoon. Number three, wow. pretty cool movie, Rambo: First Blood Part Two. Oh, saw it in the theater. Yeah. Johnny Williams. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep. That was oh, a, my it's a God. great. I just watched it again not long ago. It's a, yeah. it's a great action. Movie. Pulling the leeches off him. <laughs> You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, in the, in the pig pit or whatever yep. the hell that way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. It, it, that's I saw cool. that before I saw one. I didn't really even watch oh, really? one. I didn't even understand one, but I saw two, and I was just like, all right, well, this is Rambo, and this is how it is. And then later yeah. on, I saw one, and I was like, eh, eh, one's not that great compared to two. Yeah. The what? way I felt. Well, now we'll get into it, I'm sure, in the future, but Rambo, First Blood, the first movie was based off a novel. Um, so they, they just made a, a movie of a book. Oh, really? Then Stallone just took the character and just ran with it. I mean, obviously, sure. like, for decades at this point. He right. just I made just the last that. one a couple years ago. I just, you know, you're a kid, you're like, you can yeah. take a bow and blow shit up. <laughs> it's awesome. You know what I mean? You're... I lo- yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I have a, a, a better appreciation for it now when I'm older, when I watch it, just because, I mean, just as an action movie itself, it's just, it's just fun to watch. I yeah. Know. I think it what was at the end when he was, he, I want to, I'm going to grab my mic. It might make a sound when it was like, when he's like, yes, I don't remember the guy, but he's like, Johnson, I'm coming for you. Yes. Oh, yeah. when he bangs yep. it down on the table. 
great moment. Yeah. Awesome movie. I'm in a Vietnamese concentration camp. Uh, <laughs> but I'm going to grab their 1940s microphone and talk to you on it. You know what I mean? As they yeah. still have our people <laughs> in their uh, their huts and their. Right. Uh, I mean, you know. But I mean, yeah, as a kid, it, you couldn't beat it. You know? Yeah. This this movie came out seven weeks before, so it's been on the on the you know aired as number yeah. three seven Saw weeks. That. Saw that in the theater, baby. It made almost eleven million dollars that weekend. Pretty good, you know. Wow. What do we got on number four? Number four, brand new movie this week. Another movie that beats out Back to the Future, with just shy of of ten, just over ten million. This one, so pretty close to what Rambo made. Saint Elmo's Fire. Well, there you go. Yeah. Again, Brat Pack was selling this one. You had all yeah. the stars from Breakfast Club and you know Sixteen Candles, whatever, yeah. all those movies that have been hits for the last couple of years. So yeah, it makes sense, right? You've got, I mean, it's a good it, movie. It's a good movie. It, it's been a while since I've seen it, um, but yeah, I remember it being a a big deal. I hear I that song on the radio today. Oh yeah, the Man in Motion by uh, John yeah, Carr. Man, I think it's on. The, <laughs> it's gonna come up. I guarantee. Well, it I, I the, bet. Yeah, it's a and great song. I mean, yeah, I hear when, you, when you hear it, you just stop. You're like, yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know what? I never saw that movie till two years ago. Yeah, that. I, say, you know what made me watch the movie? I heard the song on the radio. Kept hearing it on the radio, <laughs> like, I and I was like, you know what? I never saw. And I asked uh, my my uh, fiance and my girlfriend at the time. I was like, "Did you ever see that?" She's like, "Yeah, but it's not like Breakfast Club. It's not as good." Blah, blah. And I watched it, and I was like, "Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. It's not, yeah. it's not great, but I mean, I was like, you know, you, you when you get involved with the characters and stuff, but I just yeah. the, the the song holds yeah. up today. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I watch it, you know what I mean? And I'm like, ah, she's cokehead. What are you going to do? Yeah. You know what I mean? These, these things happen. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. It's, it's uh, yeah. St. Fire. Yeah, St. Elmo's Fire. Just brand new this week. And, and it made over $10 million. So it's okay. pretty good. Good yeah. for us. Uh, Star-studded. Directed by Joel Schumacher, who went on to direct Batman Forever and Batman Returns. Oh. Forget about. So um, number five is an awesome movie from 1985 and when i say it you're gonna be like yes great movie this has been out for four weeks at this point the goodies number five really yeah yeah so this, this was a cool because this was a cool year because goodies is equally as great as back to future i mean they're just fun movies i mean back to oh yeah superior but they're both just fun fun movies no wonder we love, no wonder we love the 80s yeah all right? this shit's happening at the same time mm-hmm the Goonies. You really think? I never saw it in theater, but I mean, me neither. I watched it so many times after. I remember watching. I remember the distinct time I watched it. It was Easter, nineteen eighty-six, because it came out on VHS, and my parents had reserved it before it even came out. We got it like the first week it dropped, and my my dad brought it home and was trying to dub it, record, <laughs> make a recording of it. And the first couple times it it failed, but then he finally got Ernie. it. We're like, yes. Ernie! Yeah, Ernie. bootlegging. Ernie's bootlegging. He's a bootlegger. <laughs> Ernie's bootleg. Yeah, oh shit. yeah. Holy shit. We had we had drawers of VHS tapes that he would just dub from the, the video store. Ernie's bootlegging back in the 80s. <laughs> oh yeah. We we had we had a copy of E.T. that was recorded by somebody with a handheld camera from the drive. <laughs> I was just thinking, I'm thinking Seinfeld. 
I'm thinking when yes. the episode <laughs> Yes. <laughs> That's it. It looked like that. It looks so terrible. You watch it like what is uh, I can't even see anything. <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, That's exactly that right. Good. That's too good. Oh man. Yeah. Bernie, bootleg. Bootleg and look crazy. Goonies. Goonies. Never remade. No uh no sequel. Should, you know, and they, they talked about a sequel for so long. Don't don't um, remake it. I don't, don't think it's ever it. going to get Don't touched. remake it. Leave it Leave it as is. It's just a great adventure. Right. You fucked up Ghostbusters. Don't <laughs> remake. I don't think, I don't, yeah, I don't even think a sequel with the original actors would be worth it either. I don't think I'd want no, to No, if you're going to do it, you would have done it two or three years later. I mean, yeah. you, you oh, can't absolutely. do it now. I mean. The, though there was an official Goonies 2, but it was a Nintendo game that was released. <clears throat> Right. Like around 1989 or something like that. No, but I'm saying movie wise. Right, right, right. Yes. If you're gonna do it, do it. I mean, the only way you could do that yeah. would be almost like they did um, Jumanji. Right, right. You yeah, know yeah, what yeah. I mean? That yep. they, they, they redid Jumanji, and that, I liked the new Jumanji. The, I do the too. Way I think they did good. it. The it's way fun. they did it, they didn't just, you know, they they kept true to it, and they right. went back and you know right. what I mean. If you did that where they were all grown ups and it was the parents and the kids, it would be a little bit better than, yeah. you know what I mean? And just, yeah, you can't, don't remake it. With no, 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 no. The, the karate kid has taught us anything is don't do that bullshit. They come out with Cobra Kai to clear that's, that shit. That up. fixed everything. Yeah, they had, they, they do that just to just to swipe that motherfucker. Yeah, they're like, let's 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 wipe out that Will Smith yeah. Will Smith's kid one. Yeah. Get that out of here. Yeah, yeah. You can't you can't do that. Was that. Terrible. I, I don't care. You get Jackie Chan. I lost a little respect. Yeah, I didn't I even see the Jackie fucking thing. But, I saw um, it. It was they hear it, you know, my takeaway, just not to get off on a too big of a rant, but this kid was like 10 years old, the karate kid now. And Daniel LaRusso was like 16, you know? Well, it's because so, it's Will Smith's kid. Yeah, and he he meets this girl. I'm like, he's freaking 10 or something. I'm like, I'm supposed to believe this kid's falling in love with this girl and this is everything to him? But I mean, right, because it's, it's Will Smith's kid. They're like, let's yeah. get him movies, let's do this. Put Jackie Chan with him, it'll be a yeah. hit. Guess what? No, it sucked. It I sucked. didn't even see it, and I can tell you it sucked. It sucked. I agree with you 100% on that one. All right. Yeah, Goonies. 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 Where are we? So, Go- yeah, Goonies. Great movie. Richard Donner. Awesome movie. He directed that. He also directed Lethal Weapons. We'll talk about those endlessly. Absolutely. Spielberg. Spielberg produced the Goonies. He also produced Back to the Future. So, he was. He had a couple of, of whammies this summer. A little cash in his pocket. A little cash in his pocket. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Number six is a classic. Um, hopefully we'll get to talk about this one a little more in detail in the future. Um, this is Fletch starring Chevy Chase. If you yeah. remember Fletch, wonderful movie. I've, I watch it uh, quite a bit. Uh, I still love it to this day. Funny. A little bit of blackface movie. in there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Blackface. Oh, yeah, yeah. A blackface. <laughs> watch hold up today. Watch the won't sequel. Watch the sequel. There's some. There's some moments in there that are like, uh. right. We'll yeah, hold up today. We'll but man, hold up today. This is that was Chevy Chase, like man, he was like at the top because he was Caddyshack, Vacation, right. Fletch. I mean, he was just so funny. Right. Everything he was doing was just gold. Uh, but this yeah. one, this one is so quotably funny. I, I mean, there's just some great moments in there. Um, had Gina Davis in it, um, one of her first roles before. I'm gonna she tell died. you, never seen Fletch. Oh man, watch it if you ever get a chance. If it's on. I need to. I need to just just for the uh, you know the '80s fun of it. You have Joe Don Baker. You got some great 
great funny moments. It's just a funny movie uh, all around. And I I'm think sure it is. It's probably great. I mean, he I just carries it through. Uh, he just carries like it through. Um, just the scenes when his wife's uh, attorney comes in looking for her alimony checks in his apartment. And he's trying to sneak in through the window. It's, it's just funny stuff. I mean, just all around funny. Um, even, there's a scene where he goes to uh, this country club and he puts everything on the country club under this name Underhill. He just sees this name. And it's funny because anytime we were going to restaurants for a long time, um, you know, Don Brown and I, we would always reserve. We'd always put our name Underhill. But they never call us and stuff. We just do stupid things. It's just <laughs> Fletch was a great, great movie to to watch, uh, to, to just watch nowadays. And that's number six. That was number six. Uh, made uh, f- a little over four million, a little over four and a half million. Oh. Number seven is a movie called Pritzy's Honor. Remember I've heard of it. Jack yeah, Nicholson was starting this one. I, I've never seen it. I have to be Neither am I, I, I know one. the name. I know the name. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I've se- I remember seeing the video case every time I was at the store, you know, the video store, but I, I didn't understand what it was. So I, I you know, something that was right. adult drama stuff. I didn't get. Sure. So that one, that one made 3.7, a little over $3.7 million at that point. Number eight, our boy Back to the Future debuts at $3.592 million. So it's a low number, you yeah. think, for that for a movie that became so iconic. What do you think that was Michael J. Fox's take? 3.5? <laughs> Probably. I mean, you think that was his salary for that back then? I, I wouldn't I mean, be back, surprised. In the 80s, what was that back then? What was the... I mean, it wasn't until it, the it 90s been that- when... La- like uh, in the 90s, Jim Carrey was like $10 that's, million dollar man, right? That's, so, that I mean, changed with the movie... In ninety, I think it was ninety four when he made Cable Guy. Cable Guy is where okay. he got the twenty million dollars. That's where it so, started. I mean, right, so eighties we're probably talking million dollars a piece. Yeah, probably a yeah. million, two million. You know, depending on your yeah. star. Yeah, I mean, quality. up front and then residuals. Yeah, you know, if like you were, the, you yeah, know what I mean? Like, like Back to the Future, they're still making money off. Oh, absolutely, without a doubt. I right. mean, that, so I mean. Yeah. Yeah, it still I mean, it still generates because if they're making that, merchandise for it, that merchandise makes money. But back in the eighties, it was upfront money. It wasn't that big, but it was like right. on the back on the backside. The back it was end. like it was like um, you know, if you were in a TV show and it was in reruns, you were mm-hmm. making money. Right. Yeah, you got you know those I mean? residual. Yeah. Checks. Um, here's an interesting fact too: is that, and this is just related to um, that type of thing. Where I remember reading an article about Jack Nicholson and Batman, right? I think he, when he signed on, he signed on for like $6 million to play the Joker, something like that. I might've been more, uh, but he also signed on for back end stuff. But by the time the movie ended, he made over $60 million. I really? mean, just because of all that merchandise and everything that sold for that movie, he made so much money from that. That makes uh, sense. Yeah. I, 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 mean, I, I know I bought the toys. Oh, so me too. Like, I had the yeah, toys. Yeah, I had t-shirts. Yeah. I had all that shit, man. I still right. buy that shit. <laughs> right. um, but it, I, I had a, a friend of mine um, who um, she she did some acting. Um, she still gets residual checks when her movies on TV. Really? And she'll post. She'll show pictures. She gets like ten cents for these things, or like three cents for some. It's hilarious. But she's like, she was she uh, she was in Mrs. Doubtfire. Well, you so, always hear about stories like that, like, oh, yeah. I got a residual for, like, don't even send yeah, me the yeah. check. At, at that point, it's like, why would, it's, it's not it's even, the stamp cents. is worth more than the damn right. check that you're sending me. Right. It's like, but, 
Yeah, she was in Mrs. Doubtfire. And she's that still airs all the time. So she gets like these silly checks in the mail and they're like 10 cents. No shit. So that was what are we what are we on? Eight or nine? That was eight. Number nine. Nine. This is a cool movie. I don't know if you've ever seen this one. A movie called Life Force. Yeah. Never seen it? Oh, Tobey Hooper was the director. He directed the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Poltergeist. Those are two movies that uh, he did. But this was about um, space vampires. There was this space vampire they found. She is nude through this whole freaking movie, and she is gorgeous. Let me just say that. And as a kid in that, you know, when I saw this movie for the first time, kid, it's like, you know, you got a boner the entire time you watch this, even though it's a horror movie. <laughs> It's just like naked vampire. She, I mean, she is just as beautiful. She says, I don't think even think she says anything. I don't think she has one line of dialogue in this movie. She's just like a model. She just hot. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and she just walks around and she she'll get her victims and she just she opens their mouth and then just sucks their life force out and they just shrivel up into this little. She doesn't even bite them. No, yeah, it's just she just sucks out their 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 life force energy. But all right, so let's start. Steve rails back. All right, uh, let me let me just stop you here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Number eight is Back to the Future. Back to the Future. One of the greatest movies of all, of all time. time. Of all time. Number nine <laughs> is Life Force. Life Force. A movie with horror. <laughs> yeah. A horror that's naked in the movie that's a vampire. And whatever visuals she's sucking the life force out of people yeah yeah that came, it, in, that, that came in number nine right after that was uh, number nine one of the, the greatest the, movies of all time yeah and it, it only made about five hundred thousand dollars less than big drop off yeah. yeah what's so, number 10 was it this is, does dallas too no is that where we're going no. <laughs> We're going in a completely different direction from Naked Vampires. I'll say that much. Okay. Um, this was a, a very odd Wait, movie. what was the movie about the Naked Vampires? Life Force. Life. Life Force. Force. Correct. Also starred I'm, Patrick Stewart. That was one of I'm the I'm Googling that shit after we're yeah, done here. Watch it. But I'm, but I, okay. Number 10. Go ahead. Number 10. Crazy, weird, weird movie. A sequel from a movie that debuted in 1939. This was Return to Oz. It was number 10. Very unusual movie. Starred Feruza Balk, who went on to be in the movie The Waterboy with Adam Sandler and The Craft. Return to Oz, is it based on The Wizard of Oz? Yes, it's uh, a sequel to The Wizard of Oz. So it's Dorothy returning to Oz um, from Did they Kansas. do that shit with, um, what was the one they did in the 2000s? With- oh, that was... Uh, Oz pre- the Great and Powerful. Was that a prequel? That was a prequel. Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. So this was a sequel. And they're both Disney. This is a Disney movie. Really? Um, yep. Walter Murch directed it. Walter Murch was a... Um, he did work with George Lucas. Uh, so George Lucas it? actually helped him get this movie made. Um, you watch it? Yes. I've actually seen it a few times. Was it's, it good? It's really weird. Um, and it's it's terrifying if you're a really young kid watching it. Because there's like these characters in it that are actually that chase Dorothy that are absolutely frightening oh, for a kid. Yes, uh, played by Feruza Balk. But uh, she go back to Oz. She goes back to Oz. Yes, they wow. they wow. they call. Um, Another tornado. All, 
the the scarecrow who who would become like the king of Oz. No, she didn't do it through a tornado. Um, I'm trying to remember. It was through a <clears throat> crap. I have to remember this one. But it, she it's, it's through like a like she she um I think she takes like a potion or something like that, and she's transported back. There's a way that they just do it very simply that they bring sure. her back. Um, but the scarecrow, something happened to him and she has to go help him. Um, this queen has returned and she's, she's starting to, right. you know, take okay. over Oz. Try to be a money grab. Shit don't hold up. <laughs> it, it didn't make when was a lot of When was the Wizard of Oz? 1939? 1939, yeah. yeah. So this was, you know, you're so talking. Sometimes you just gotta let shit go. Just let it go. Just yeah, this is 46 years later. <laughs> right, just let it go. Yeah. Um, so that was yeah, number that was, ten. That was number ten. We'll go a couple more. Um, number eleven, "A View to a Kill," which was a James Bond. That's classic. Actioner. Great one. Yeah, classic. This was actually the last one with Roger Moore. So this was sort of his swan song. Um, <laughs> oh, that was before Timothy Dalton. Right before Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton came a couple years later in Living Daylights. But yeah. Ooh. But yeah, at this point, you know, um, Roger Moore, he'd been playing it since 70, what was 72 or three. I know. I'm, a, I'm always a. Uh, uh, Connery. Connery. Yeah. yeah. Always Connery classics. I, yeah. Most people, I, I'm actually a Roger Moore. But I, you really? know, it's, I, it's a weird thing. And I think it's because as a kid, that was the bond that was always on. The movies, you know, I remember the magazines in the store, the comic book adaptations were always of Roger Moore stuff. And I think that's where I, I more associate with that bond. Don't get me wrong. I'm not disparaging Connery. His is great stuff. I love, I even oh, like. Oh, no, uh, yeah. I, I, Connery I even like Dalton. Um, I didn't, I can't, I can't. Even the new guy. I, I, Daniel I mean, Craig. Are they going to make a woman Bond next? Is who that knows? what they're doing? I don't know. I, what I, I'm just saying. I mean, that's I, what Doctor Who did, right? So, I mean, that's yeah. where we're going with that. So, yeah, probably. I was a Connery guy. You know? Yeah, classics. I hear you. you are, I, yeah. Did, I did like the new guy because they went back and did that first ever. ever The Casino Royale. Yeah. That was the first book yeah. or whatever. That was right? the first so book, I mean, yeah. Which, which had been made into a movie back in the 60s starring Peter Sellers as James Bond, which was kind of Really? Yeah, well, that just ruined it my. Made more of a day. comedy. It was like more of a comedy than. All anyway. right, well then you ruined my fucking life right now. Thank you. Yeah. They fixed it. They fixed it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, I just yeah, I don't. I guess it's the time we grew up in. I mean, I couldn't even handle Dalton. I couldn't handle Pierce. Who the hell was the other guy? Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. yeah. Come on, man. That's Pierce Brosnan. Golden Eye is great, but they slowly go downhill after that one. But I actually, honestly, Dalton, I liked both of the Dalton movies. He only did two, but I liked them both. You're a better they, man than I am. They, they get above rent. I like Bond movies. You know, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I like Bond movies, but I just, I just liked, I don't know, man. I, Connery's a suave guy. He had that, the, the Genevieve. Yeah. yeah he was I mean, just really it, good. Uh, what I liked, but, I liked, I, I when liked. Did he, uh, wait, when did he come back? Okay. So Connery did it. Yeah, then Roger Moore did it. Didn't Connery come back for one? There's a whole thing. Connery did like four, and then he stopped. Then George Lazenby came in for one on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Then Connery came back again uh, for Diamonds Are Forever, I believe. And then that's when Roger Moore took over. Then in 1982 or 83, 83, Connery came back again for a James Bond adventure, even though it wasn't in the official canon of James Bond. So that was for um, 
which we'll probably talk about in the future. And that's um, Never Say Never Again, yeah. which was directed okay. by um, Irv- uh, Irving Kirshner, who directed The Empire Strikes Back and also starred Kim Basinger. <laughs> yeah. Some trivia for Well, me. see what happens, you know, that's what happens when you let the British take charge of something. What the fuck? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Anyways, where are we? We're in number... Right. Number 12. Here's a, here's a classic you might remember. Brewster's Million. Yeah. Prior. Absolutely. Was that John Candy, too? That right? was 85. Huh? Yeah. 85, oh, 85. Great, great concept. Yeah. Yeah. He had to had spend, to spend all that, that money. money. Yeah. Had to spend that money <laughs> to make that money. <clears throat> Yeah, Richard Pryor was great back in those 80s. Movies. Oh, yeah. He was, he was awesome. He's definitely yeah. uh, missed. Um, last on the list, we'll go with number 13. This is actually a movie that's been out for, um, at this point, let me see. It has been out for 31 weeks. Beverly Hills Cop. Still in the top 13. Really? The original in December. One. Yes. Released in December of 1984. is still wow. in July on the, the top 15 here. So, well, yeah, I mean, pretty, pretty be, impressive. Can't be daddy. Can't be yeah. daddy. You could in 1980s, not, no one could. That guy was untouchable. But yeah, that's a so list. Awesome. We'll, we'll stop there. Number 13. I think it's a good, yeah. <laughs> list. But it's so fascinating, though, that you look at that now and you say, <laughs> oh, back to the future. Number eight only made three million, you know, three and a half million dollars. That's it. Right. But becomes this huge. Number know, nine. Crazy horror vampire. Crazy right? space I, vampires. I Every other movie <laughs> I, can, I can relate to. You know what I mean? Even if I didn't watch it, I know about it. This one. Yeah. What was it called? Life Force. I, I got to write that shit down. Yeah, write that. It's, it's a, it's a, I, I actually really liked them. It's not this a great movie. Mo- this is it's the not most, a great movie. This, this is, is so the bizarre. most... This is the most press, even though nobody watches us. But this is the most press that Life Force has ever got. <laughs> In decades, for sure. Right. Uh, we're going to go to a Comic-Con. We're going to have a booth, and hopefully Life Force people are right next to us. I yeah. God. We're gonna... Steve Rails back's there. Everybody's there. 80s kids and Life Force is right next to them. How uncomfortable how un- like... is this? <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, you did boost our sales a bit, right? <laughs> right really. It's the only reason we can afford to boost. Only right. reason we can afford to boost. Thanks. Thanks, ADC. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right. Where are we going now, Pam? All right. Um, well, uh, we'll move into um, let's move into video games. Let's see what's going on in All the world right, of video yeah. games. All right. Well, you caught me a little off guard there. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've, heard, right, I've, been, it, I've been yammering yeah. on for so long. If, no, awesome. Well, yeah, take a drink, pal. Take a drink. It's gonna be it's gonna be quick too. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I got you know, like I say, games, arcade games, in July. Namco released uh, Baraduke, Baraduke sector in the U.S. Yeah, I mean, huh. like I say, it's 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 very brief this week with yeah. video games. Baraduke. Uh, I mean, we went through '83 and '84 where everything went in the shitter for uh you know video games yeah uh july uh name sega released hang on by oh yeah zuzika and am2 uh in the first of sega's super scalar games uh yeah i remember hang on that's on the motorcycle where you kind of lean in while you're playing the game yes that's a cool game yeah it's motorbike uh cabinet is controlled by the body using a attack and uh, trend on uh, motion control, hydraulic 
Cabinet that was cool. Arcades two decades before motion control became popular in video game consoles. So yeah, nice. Yep, you remember that one? Yeah, that that one I do remember. That was a cool game. I I remember playing that because yeah, you could actually sit in. on a bike and you were like, "Wow, this is so cool." Right, and that's I mean, that's obviously, folks. This is back when arcades were popular. So I mean, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It was bigger to release a game in the arcade than it was at home right now. For the right. Most part. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, arcade and uh, see Sega released the uh, Sega Space Harrier arcade hardware, also known as Sega Hang On. Yeah. Same thing. That's what we're talking about was um, that idea. And Namco believe, begins development on Namco System 21 around this time as the first arcade board dedicated to 3D polygon hmm. graphics. So. Which which one is that? Which game? It was uh, Namco. Uh, it, it just basically just Namco. They, okay, yeah, they're just yeah. developing there. Okay. They begin development on a Namco it. System 21. You know. Okay, Namco was, uh, I mean, they were, when it came to arcades, that was like the name of arcades. Was right, and that's where they were pushing all the money back in the mid 80s. Yeah, it's oh yeah. still stock market good. You know, everybody's got money in the mid eighties. They're yeah. pushing it to, you know, wherever it's gonna go. <laughs> uh, computer July twenty-third, uh, Commodore released the uh, Amiga one thousand personal oh, computer. The Amiga, yeah. The first family, Amiga family. Amiga lasted for till the end probably till the early nineties and they sort of kind of faded out, but um yeah. yeah, they were. They were. I remember seeing commercials on TV where they actually did like 3D animation with Amigas. This was like '89 or something like that. You're like, wow, look at how cool that looks. So, yeah. Well, and that's you know, it's one of those, you know, looking back, it's a flash in the pan. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But back then, four years is a big time. Made a lot of money. And you think too, back then too, there was like you had Amiga, you had uh, the Apple. You know, two yeah. you had you had the um what was it the Commodore, you had like all these different computers that you could actually oh, yeah. buy and use back then. Absolutely. Nowadays it's a Mac or PC, that's it, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. You wouldn't know Amiga. I mean Yeah, right. <laughs> so weird. Uh and then console, uh this is late July twenty-sixth. Uh, Nintendo released a family computer robot. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, the robot. Yeah, that's a stupid uh, thing that never worked. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. It was supposed There's to play the, the game and like drop the discs or whatever, and it never worked. Right? Yeah, exactly. It's like Duck Hunt type of shit, you know? What I mean? <laughs> right. But, but yeah, it was it. cool. Yeah, that was it for uh, video games. Pretty, you know, pretty. Like I say, it's uh, you know, there's so much going on in video games, but there's no hard dates. Yeah. To give you, but yeah, that's pretty much it with that. Well, let me roll into toys then, since we're piggybacking off that. I'll, I'll talk a little about what toys were popular okay. at this point. So big thing, Cabbage Patch Kids were still on fire, still selling. I mean, they've been around a couple of years at this point. We're still doing well. Um, Transformers, G.I. Joe, both of yeah. those were still selling well. So um, specifically what was out, I think at this point, we were looking at waves. You know, we're in the third year of, I think, G.I. Joe at this point. Um, of, of yeah, 83 products, so. and then Transformers is 84, 84. Right? Yeah. So it was in its second year. So the, you know, they were still feeding off of, uh, you know, the reruns of the, uh, the animated series on TV. 
but a couple things I wanted to really get into um, that were kind of interesting toys were um, pillow people. Do you remember pillow people? It was like a, a pillow with a face on it. It's essentially what it was. It had little legs and a little arms stitched onto it. Right. So it was like a, I, was I feel like movie. we I feel like we can make that shit today. Oh, absolutely. And this was girls. Girls had these. This was like a big thing with you know. I think it was more of a not that boys didn't have it, but it was mostly like a targeted to girls, I believe. Right, but I, right. The one time, if you ever watch um, Full House, the the if you watch the first couple seasons, one of the the girls has one on her bed, and she usually holds okay. it, and picks it up. So that's how it always kept fresh in my mind. If I've ever watched reruns, I'm like, oh yeah, there's the pillow people. The other thing I think you'll remember, um, pogo ball. Remember pogo ball? Was that with the disc around? The yes. Ball? Yeah, it had like yeah. the ball on the top and the bottom there, and you had the disc. Around. You put your feet on I'll, it, and you squeezed it against the top ball. Yeah, I'm, like, gonna, I'm gonna, gonna go a personal story for a second here, honey. <laughs> <laughs> in the mid '80s, when everybody was in the skateboarding, mm-hmm. and I could not do it very well. I was horrible. But I would get the skateboarding magazines, and I thought to myself, "Thrasher, I'm gonna become the best at pogo ball there can be." I had a pogo ball. I took that son of a bitch in my basement. It was gray with a black disc around it. And I would get on that son of a bitch and I would bounce it. And I'd be like, I'm going to show some new moves. I put my hand on the ground, pogo ball against the wall and come down. And I, you know, well, obviously it went nowhere. And all it did was tear the shit out of the insides of my feet. The skin came (laughs) off the insides of my feet. From holding on to that goddamn ball. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Pogo ball. I remember that thinking, I thinking, I'm gonna become famous pogo balling. There you, and go. you know what? That son of a bitch was around for a year. I, yeah, I was about I'm glad you brought it up. It brought it right <laughs> back in my brain. I remember you having one. That was you were one of the few people I remember that actually had one. I didn't have one because my parents wouldn't get us anything yeah. like that. Yeah, you, yeah. Get... you remember like, well, there's that idiot. That's no, no, I, I thought that was awesome that you had it because I remember going to your house and, and trying it out, thinking I could do it. I, I don't think I could move very far with it. I always had the problem my feet would slip behind and the disc would point down. It would always hit against the pavement. It'd be like click, click as I'm hopping. Oh, no, it, it, you couldn't get anywhere that way. Well, you weren't I a saw. professional pogo ball I, I like I was. I could not, uh, you know, get right. in any of the magazines or anything. Right. I, I could, you know, <laughs> that's the thing is, I always thought, like, let me do something that's going to make me cool. And yet, no, it, it's like when you, you know, like, later on in life, when you see these people on pogo sticks doing the tricks and shit like that, or one of these odd things that's just not in the norm, but people are really cool at it. Yep. And I'm thinking, yeah, that was me. Pogo ball. <laughs> Didn't go anywhere, but trying yeah. to be cool. Yeah. Um, we also had uh, Care Bears were still pretty popular. They, they had come out this year. Another big one that was released this year was Teddy Ruxpin. I think we talked about it before, but Teddy Ruxpin. 85? 85. He was introduced by World of Wonder. That was earlier. No, 85. World of Wonder. That's when the out. technology caught up to that. Yeah. That was a, that was a hot toy that year. Um, I think it came oh, out yeah. that summer. Was you a had big, to put uh, the uh, cassette in the back, yep. right? Yep. And then his mouth would move to the cassette right. audio. Did he, did he do this too? I don't think did so. He, I think just the mouth and eyes. I think his so eyes he, blinked and his mouth moved. So he he wasn't even caught up to the whole... Uh, yeah, he wasn't fully animatronic. 
Now, here's a funny little thing. I actually have something similar to this still from the 80s. Um, I have the Sesame Street ones. We have a, it's a big bird one. You put a cassette in him and he tells the story, right? He plugs into a Cookie Monster and an Oscar the Grouch and they interact with him, which is pretty cool. Um, I don't think they came out for a couple of years. Um, these are my, my wife got these. So she, she's had these and um, we, we still have them showcased in the kids' rooms. So they're pretty cool. Um, but it, yeah, back then that was just the coolest technology. It was just, they were I from the 80s? Yeah, yeah, they came out probably about 87, maybe 86, 87, probably. But they'd all plug into each other. And then... Yeah, there was, it was just like an audio cable, one of those audio jacks that just plugged in and would allow them to sort of interact with each other. So it was just I like just a... remember the commercials for Teddy Ruxpin. Oh, oh yeah. Teddy Ruxpin. Yeah. Let you me know? tell you a story. And he'd be like, <laughs> then they made Grubby to go with him, the worm character. And he'd right. interact the... with him. Yeah, and that that basically led to the Chucky movies. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Basically, yeah. from that, right? That not, well, it was that concept along with my buddy, which we haven't gotten into my buddy yet. We will get into my buddy. Okay, that comes later on. Yeah. Um, okay. The other thing that was big this year was actually the skateboard because of Back to the Future. It actually reinvigorated the uh, interest in skateboard. <clears throat> yeah, I remember to, the, got to the, the mass big, public. Everybody got the big fat boards. Yep. Do you remember what brand that he rode in Back to the Future was? The brand of the skateboard. The brand of the skateboard. <clears throat> I think no. they're still in business today. Valtira was the name of that skateboard. The only reason I really know that isn't because of the movie watching. My sister had it. She actually had that board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always remember back then, I was like, right after that was when everybody got into like the Tony Hawk and the the Bones Brigade, like the real skateboards, and you know, right? I mean, yeah, like the whole. They're like the narrower boards. They were more, you know. Yeah, that's what I always had. Yeah, I went down to the cheap store and got the ten dollar board. And yeah. With the metal <laughs> from metal from China and the wheels, and it broke, and you know, everybody yeah. else had the official ones from California. Right. Uh, and, and the the worst one. Balling. The worst ones were those plat, those little shitty plastic yeah. boards. You remember those? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I had. Thank okay, you yeah. for bringing it up. Well, no, that's it, what it I had. One of it those. Hurts. <laughs> I had one of those shitty ones. They were horrible. Yeah, I that's what that. For someone like me that has zero coordination, they're the worst because I can't. I have nothing to to balance on, and I was like falling off every time. So I gave up on it. I'm like, I can't skateboard. <laughs> right, and where are you going down uh, Skyline Drive? Yeah, right, you, yeah. Yeah. right. I'd break my neck going. You're gonna wind up in Tucker's parking lot. Dang. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that would be horrible. All right, <laughs> um, let's move in. What about news? Let's go to news. We'll uh, we'll, uh, uh, well, I'm glad, you brought, I'm glad you brought it up because there ain't shit for news. Thanks oh, a lot good. for bringing it up. Yeah, oh, bad right, week yeah. for news. Nothing. That's all right. And folks, if you want to bring it up and you want to text us or something later on, let us know that there was news this week. Nothing. I, well, there's news, but I mean, there's news, but nothing. It, yeah, we're not going to tackle the stories that are just like. You know, some nut with a gun went and robbed a bank somewhere. I mean, it's that's not big enough. We want right. something that's going right. to be more global or national. At least. <clears throat> right. So news? No, we're no All news. Right. How about sports? Anything in the the world? No of sports? sports. Thanks for bringing that up. Again. Oh, that's right, because it's a yeah, Fourth of yeah, July weekend. A shitty. Not thinking. You know, there wouldn't be any I, games going on. I was looking through, and I didn't. I didn't delve too deep. I'm sure. I don't even know. I, I'm pretty sure the 
Major League Baseball usually has their uh, All Star game around this time. At okay. least now. I don't know. Back in the eighties, I don't remember either. Should have dug deeper. Didn't. Nah. If so it wasn't, that, you know, if it's yeah. not on the surface, nothing, you know, nothing stood out. Nothing right. Stood out. And if, if it's summer not too, if there's no Olympics <laughs> in the middle of summer, there's really nothing going on. Yeah, it was. It was always pretty quiet. There was other like, than you, baseball. You know, I mean, right. Yeah, and that was pretty much it. And this was Fourth of July weekend, so there probably wasn't anything major happening at all. If you think in the world of wrestling, or was wrestling pretty quiet? Yeah, no, before? wrestling was actually uh, popping this time of year. Um, <laughs> yeah, so with the NWA, uh, what they had now was the Great American Bash. Oh, and yep, and that was uh, it was a it was the, the very first one they had in 1985. And it was uh, July 6th. Okay, so this mm-hmm. was like the, one of the first pay-per-views they did for okay. uh, back then. Um, this is NWA, they, right, you said? It's just NWA, not okay. the WWF. Yep, right. WWF, I, I'll jump to that because they, they had something else going on. But, but yeah, the Great American Bash, uh, Dusty Rhodes came up with it. Okay. Um, and it was basically a, a tournament kind of thing they had going on this time of year. Uh, but it was like a pay-per-view back. This is after like, you know, this is like around WrestleMania time. Okay. Coming out with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so in the first match of that, they had Ron Bass uh, fought Bat, uh, Buddy Landau uh, to a draw. Uh, the second match, uh, the Minnesota Wrecking Crew, Ole Anderson and Arn Anderson defeated Bud Sawyer and Dick Slater. Now, are these people that went on, did they become anything at WWF or were they just kind of? Well, well, yeah, Oldie and Arn were, were pretty big. I mean, in, in, okay. in the NWA, uh, Arn Anderson became one of the four horsemen. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Rick Flair. Gotcha. Uh, so that was a, uh, a tag team match for the NWA National Tag Team Championship. Uh, number three, Manny Fernandez, Sam Houston, Buzz Tyler defeated superstar Billy Graham. Kind of the that. barbarian, yeah, superstar Billy Graham. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he was kind of like the uh, the pre Hulk Hogan type of looking guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember that because he was. I remember seeing him around a lot back in those days before Hogan. I mean, Hogan took off before or right around that time, didn't he? Like right around this time. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. About a year before. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Eighty four, eighty five. Uh, number five, we had the Russian team, uh, Crusher Khrushchev and Ivan Koloff fought the Road Warriors, Hawk hmm. and Animal. You know them. Road Warriors, the yeah. Paul Lautering was their manager uh, to a double disqualification. You know, that was yeah. the easy way back then. Disqualification. Nobody, nobody's a loser that way. You know what I right, mean? Right, right, yeah. <laughs> it's like six. the participation trophy. <laughs> <bring about that>. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or double count out. So that way right. nobody loses. Yeah. Number six, Magnum TA huh. defeated Kamala. Kamala, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Magnum TA was huge back in the, the uh, 80s, obviously. He was uh, based off Magnum PI. Okay. But uh, Magnum right. TA, uh, <laughs> Magnum TA, uh, this is 85, 86, he got into a uh, car accident, ended oh. his career. Yeah. And, and Magnum TA actually was basically the NWA's version of Hulk Hogan. Really? He was going to be the champion and beat Ric Flair. Yeah. He wow. he was like the upcoming guy. He had the big mullet and uh, good looking guy, big <laughs> right. guy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, crashed his Porsche and uh, 
essentially ended his career. He would have been, he probably would have went to the WWF and, and probably fought Hulk Hogan. He was at, on that level. Damn. Uh, that sucks for him. I mean, geez. Yeah. You put all that time and energy into really promoting this guy and then all of a sudden, boom. Yeah. And that's, yeah. And, uh, you know, that, Right. Terrible thing. Terrible thing in yeah. life uh, to build himself up and then have that. Just a tragic accident. Yeah. Uh, number seven, Ric Flair. Everybody knows. Woo! Yeah. Nature uh, boy. Defe- he defeated uh, Nikita Koloff. Uh, you know, back then, in the mid-80s, he had to fight oh, the yeah. Russians. The Cold War, man. That was a big thing. Yeah. And uh, the last match, Dusty Rhodes. Uh, he defeated uh, Tully Blanchard with Baby Dow and Dusty Rhodes, obviously another another big guy in the NWA back in the mid '80s. Uh, in the WWF, the King of the Ring, 1990 or 19, yeah, 1989, sorry, 1985. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. but this is uh, July 8th, so actually it's a day after. Yeah, but still, we can, yeah. can roll it in. So we're, we're right on the cusp, but uh, yeah. this is the inaugural King of the Ring. Oh, cool. uh, which they still do today. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah. Uh, and it was a tournament back in the 80s um, <clears throat> where everybody, it was like a, a breakdown, like you would have in sports today. <clears throat> they did it that style. Not so much anymore today. Uh, I remember, I remember there being toys for King of the Ring, too. Like, I, like it was a cheap line of wrestling figures, but I do remember yes. them uh, for that. Probably late 80s, early 90s. Right. And that was, you know, in the back then in the 80s, you know, this is back when wrestling was still, they call it kayfabe to where mm-hmm. it, it's supposed to be real. Right. You know what I mean? So they, it wasn't coming out as entertainment. It was supposed to be right. matches and, you know, nobody, the bad guys didn't hang out with the good guys. And all right. That, you know? Right. So. Yeah. Well, with the, uh, the tournament, uh, we uh, basically uh, first match Jim Brunzel, one of the killer bees. He defeated the spoiler, some guy that uh, <laughs> you know. I mean, obviously the earlier matches. Yeah. Uh, Les Thornton defeated Steve Lombardi. Uh, Paul Orndorff and Bob Orton wrestled uh, to a double disqualification. Pedro Morales defeated Johnny V. Tito Santana. I don't know if you ah. know that name. Yep. Yeah. He defeated Terry Funk. Terry Funk, still a big name. Don Morocco mm-hmm. defeated the Junkyard Dog. Junkyard Dog, oh yeah. Yeah. Ricky Steamboat. Yeah. Greg Valentine. Uh, Don Morocco. This is then they went to the next round because that was the first round, and so the that's how they did it back then to make it yep. seem like a real tournament, you know. So Don Morocco defeated Last Thornton. Jim Brunzel defeated. Tito Santana, the Iron Sheik. <laughs> the Iron Sheik. Did uh, Ricky Steamboat. And then Don Morocco defeated Pedro Morales. The Iron Sheik defeated Jim Brunzel. Don Morocco defeated the Iron Sheik. Ah, yeah. Iron Sheik. Well, that was another thing, too. The Ayatollah was. That, that was the final match. Oh, Don yeah. Morocco was the king of the ring. And then the championship match which had nothing to do with the tournament, but they had to sell tickets. Mm-hmm. Hulk Hogan defeated Nikolai Volkov. Ah, so yeah. they had to have a match in there in the end. So Yeah. 
<laughs> you gotta sell those tickets, man. But that's mid summer. Yeah, it's midsummer wrestling. <laughs> both companies, both having some sort of tournament to, uh, you know, sell tickets. Yep. It's the heyday of wrestling, right there. It's yeah, heyday. it certainly was, man. Um, okay, we got two segments left to to cover. Um, we've got music. We got spinner rack. Which would you like to head head at first? Let's go spinner rack. So All right, let's do that. Yeah. All right, you got it. Let's hit the spinner rack. See what see what comics are coming out this week. So remember, we had this discussion last time. I have to go back like three months from the date on the comic because they had that weird thing where they put a date on there that says it's July, but it's really coming out. You know, three months before whatever. So yeah, once, yeah. these would have been the the ones that would say on there. You know, October from. 80 anybody that didn't see our last show i did feel like i I, that educate i mean i was a comic fan and that educated me as to how it's it's just weird well i I, we like i said i went through like three or four episodes and i'm talking about christmas comics in march and i'm like wait a minute this is weird so i had to i'm like looking back i'm like all right i'm i gotta go backwards now (laughs) it's like weird but yeah so, so what are we rolling into now? All right, so let's start off with the top list, issue number 572 of Action Comics, Superman in Action Comics. Um, this is the all actions, all complete. Um, the uh, Avalanche of Superman Masqueraders is in this one. So it's, um, you've got the world of the Superman Masqueraders. You've got that, which is penciled by Wayne Boring, which is a weird name, but. And Ink by Dave Hunt. Um, you have also um, a couple, there's a couple different tales in there. So a lot of different artists and inkers. Howard Bender, pencils in here. Bob Ox, Oxner, Craig Boldman uh, wrote it. Uh, and Mark Wade uh, did a, uh, his first pro story here. Mark Wade, who went on to write Kingdom Come, uh, uh, which is a really huge uh, comic series back then. That was a mini series, right? Yeah, yeah, really cool. And Alex Ross did the artwork for it. It's 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 one of those great ones if you if you get a chance to read it. Uh, next up is Alien Legion number ten. Oh, I love the Alien Legion. Yeah, so my this, brother did. The Wet was a big Alien Legion fan. I did. I wasn't into it until I went yeah. back and started reading his comics. I remember you introduced me to it because I didn't know what it was until you brought it in. I can't I remember. even remember the character in there, but they have a character in there that's very Wolverine-ish. Yeah. It's the one guy who he has like a spike that comes out of his hand. Yes. His fist. And he's kind of yep. like the badass of that whole yep. deal. I don't remember uh, how many issues it ran, but I remember it being a pretty cool. Yeah, it was, it was a good concept. Yeah. This was uh, called Desperate Measures. Um, who was that? By, DC? This was Marvel. It was, I think, under their Epic Comics. Okay. I was going to say, yeah, it was, a, it was an, I, I looked at it like a uh, independent. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was kind of like Marvel's Epic was their like sort of okay. their, their dark horse competition type of thing, I guess. Oh, I like that. I yeah. think I think at this point, because Ninja Turtles was such a huge underground hit, they wanted to create some of that sort of, you know, vibe. Right. Stuff. Yeah. Mid 80s was the well, Ninja Turtles yeah. turned the independent comic scene on its head. Oh, God. Yeah, it did. It, it made then, independence like. Right. Before that, you couldn't, I mean, even Charleston or Carlson or whatever the fuck you want to call it comic. I mean, those Charleston, yeah. Little little Lulus and all that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. 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 We'll talk. We'll do it. We'll probably do a show dedicated to that. 
the turtles. Right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You got it. You got any friends in the turtles? I did. He passed away, a, but um, I, I'm trying to think of someone well, that's else. That's a sorry. You know, yeah. He, I was he, gonna say that. I mean, that that would be nice to bring somebody on from that. Yeah. Genre. Yeah. He he worked as a writer on that. I, well, he not he's not personal. These are people I just worked with or talked with. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Got to bring but, somebody. Yeah. I'll look around. I'll see who I can dig up. Um, all right, so this was uh, called Desperate Measures, written by Alan Zelenitz, uh, art by Chris Warner and Randy Emberlin, all-out psychic warfare on a hostile planet. So that was the, uh, the premise of that one. Um, next up is DC's uh, All-Star Squadron, number 50. Um, this is in, at this point, Crisis on Infinite Earth is underway. So that this is all these tie-in books that were sort of like they weren't part of that mini series, but they sort of were the sort of the ripple effect of what was happening in that series. Okay. Um, so this is a crisis point uh, written by Roy Thomas. Roy Thomas is a, uh, he'd been around a long time at this point. Oh uh, yeah. X-Men and pretty much every major Marvel guy uh, at this point. Um, Pencils by Mike Clark. Um, this is uh, begins, uh, the crisis begins to hit earth two as Harbinger recruits Firebrand paralleling a sequence from Crisis on Infinite Earth number one. The JSA is shanghaied into space by uh, Gutzen's rocket, but Harbinger's efforts to return the monitor's satellite sends them all off course to different dimensions. So that was the uh, that issue. Um, next up, Alpha Flight number 27. If you're familiar with Alpha Flight. Oh, yeah. Alpha Flight the, was a uh, Canadian uh, yeah. mutants. Yep. Um, this was uh, Betrayal, part three of five, story by John Byrne, art by John Byrne, one of my favorites from the 80s. John Byrne yep. was great. Classic X-Men. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, the returned Guardian has uh, been revealed to be the sinister robot Delphine in disguise. So now a mega flight uh, puts Shaman in the impossible situation of saving his teammates from certain death or losing his daughter forever. This is a story that continues in Secret Wars 2, number four. So this was uh, Secret Wars 2 was a big thing this year, too. So Yeah, love that. Yeah, that was a great, both of those were great. So at this point, we're in, the, you know, the next one is Amazing Spider-Man, number 269. So Spider-Man here, you've got him, uh, you know, wearing his uh, black outfit and uh, all that stuff. This is a uh, Burn Spider Burn, guest starring Fire Lord, part one of two, script by Tom DeFalco, pencils by Ron Friends. Um, this one is um, Fire Lord walks the earth, and the former Herald of Galactus is stirring up trouble in the Big Apple. On his way home from dinner at Aunt May's, the wondrous wall crawler intercepts the cosmic powered Herald near the East River. So they have a big battle and so on. So that was the uh, issue. 65 cent cover at this point. So we're at, that's what the average price of comics were going at this point. Can't beat it. Yeah, cool stuff. Um, it's funny because uh, like this was the era, I remember, I think it was where I read most of the Spider-Mans was right around this time. I think when I got more into it, it was around probably 84, 85. I'd pick them up at the local uh, like Brooks Drugs or something where my parents <clears throat> went. Yeah, I was catching the uh, <laughs> Spider-Man after this, and I got into the web of Spider-Man first, yeah. and then, and then, uh, yeah, and then uh, the floodgates opened, and I was 
buying back issues and doing everything. Yeah, Web of Spider-Man was good series too. Uh, next up, Iraq, Son of Thunder, uh, number 49. This is a DC uh, book. Um, Iraq battles a foe from his past, the Sorceress Angelica, and when danger dragons clash. Balda the Iron Maiden appearance uh, in this one. Script by Roy and Dan Thomas. So Roy Thomas again here. So, there you go. Uh, next up, I threw this one in just because we, I never touch on these, but I thought I'd throw one in this time. Archie and me, number 153. <laughs> you know, Archie was, it's funny. He's been around for so long, Archie. Archie and me. Archie and me. There was a couple Archies I threw in here. <clears throat> I'm not um, going to lie to you. I like an old school Archie. Oh, Absolutely. Uh, uh, there was so many di different Archies. I mean, that, that yeah. the Archie was the comic before Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. And that was like the you for the teens to read about teens. Yes, absolutely, it was. I remember too in the late '80s. If we if we get to this, there was a a re like a reboot of an Archie cartoon. It was called the New Archies. Probably, they, yeah. were, they were a little yeah, younger. New Archies, yeah. Yeah, they were like in their, they were like sort of the tween age. Uh, they were about our age at that time, which was mm -hmm. kind of cool. Uh, we'll probably get to that at some point in the, the future. All right, so our, this one is uh, Vacation Blahs, uh, script by uh, George Gladier, pencils by High Eisman. Um, Mr. Weatherby just can't seem to get away from Archie. Uh, then there's a hit bit, the crowd wants Dilton to come uh, back for an encore. Uh, Rain Refrain is another one where a half-page story starring Jughead. So a lot of little stories in that one. Uh, then there's Archie's TV Laugh Out Loud, number 103. I just threw a couple Archie's in for, for posterity. Um, cover, uh, this one is actually same with George uh, Gladier wrote this one. Pencils this time by Stan Goldberg. Uh, the Archie's are asked to make a commercial for Burpsy Cola, but the temperamental director can't decide where it should be filmed. <laughs> Whoa. There you Heavy. Go. Yeah, big Archie stuff. Big things in the Archie world. All right, next up, Avengers number 260. Uh, this is Legacy of Thanos, part six. So um, big Thanos stuff. But this is in the Secret Wars crossover, so Secret Wars 2. Assault on Sanctuary 2. Uh, guest starred Fire Lord, so he's in here as well as in uh, Spider-Man. Isn't it funny looking back on comics like that when you yeah. know the universe today from the movies? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's like when I see a certain character, I'm like, sometimes, though, there's characters that pop up and I'm like, I know that name. But because they're not wearing the costume I was familiar with when I was younger, reading the books, I have to go look them up just to, to say, OK, right. that's who this is supposed to be. OK. You know. That's what I remember, like the gauntlet. Yeah. Uh, was that the there was a mini infinity. series or the infinity yeah. gauntlet infinity. and all yeah, that infinity. yeah infinite i remember uh, reading the stuff like that and then the whole movie genre came yeah. out after with the whole you know interwoven thing yeah so. it's crazy man how they you know and they started it with the first avenger movie at the very end of the credits where you see thanos just turn his head just slightly and be like oh cool you know here right. he comes yeah that was always really cool it's I mean, that's the one thing you got to respect about the Marvel movies is they really tried to capture what they were doing back then in mm -hmm. comics. I mean, it's, it's back then, I mean, everything was crossing over. Everything was here and there. And it was just sometimes so hard to keep up on. <clears throat> um, this was scripted by my, one of my favorite writers, Roger Stern, art by John Buscema, another great art uh, artist. Um, 
So this one is um, Nebula threatening the entire universe, Captain America, the Wasp, and General Zedrow uh, plan the assault on Thanos. Uh, his former starship, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, have not visited Sanctuary 2 since the classic Avengers Annual 7, but now alongside the Sinister Scrolls, the six Avengers attack. So interesting. Uh, kind of, I mean, I bet if you read this, you'd, you'd see a lot of... Uh, similarities with what the movies are oh doing. sure yeah well this is all the stuff that we and everybody took from right absolutely the old books and just put their own spin on found, it found sense. the really cool parts and yeah, and, yeah exactly uh next up is west coast avengers number one i love the west coast yes yeah. this was teammate story by steve englehart steve englehart wrote a lot of cool stuff back then too um art by l milgram and joe Sinna. Uh, Avengers West Coast team explodes on the scene with the new their own monthly series. The new team with leader Hawkeye consists of Mockingbird, former S.H.I.E.L.D. agent and Hawkeye's wife, Iron Man, founding member of the original team and now in a new red and silver, Centurion armor, Wonder Man, superhumanly strong and renowned actor, and Tigra, a Catwoman whose appetite for men is rivaled only by her speed and agility. So when Hank Pym former giant man, comes to visit his ex-teammates. The man-ape attacks, freeing the uh, ionically-powered Goliath. So he was captured by Iron Man in annual, Iron Man annual number seven. So that was that story going on. Next up, Batman number 388. <clears throat> um, covered by Tom Mandrake, The Round Trip Looking Glass, starring Batman, Robin, with the Jason Todd Robin, uh, Alfred Pennyworth, Julia uh, Remark, Harvey Bullock, Mirror Master, and Captain Boomerang. Um, script by Doug Mensch. Doug Mensch is a cool uh, writer. Uh, I like Doug Mensch's work. He's got some really cool stuff out there. Um, after trying to steal the same jade necklace, Captain Boomerang and Mirror Master face off to decide who is the greater villain. This was part one of two. Uh, next up, Batman and the Outsiders number two. 26. I don't know if you're familiar with those. Where Batman All the Outsiders, yeah. Teamed up. Uh, the Outsiders take on Cobra in Serpent in the Sky, part two or three. Uh, continued from the previous issue. Basically saying, we can't get Batman in enough shit. Yeah, we need Let, let Let's put him in with a group of people. Yeah. <laughs> we'll give him something to do. Because he doesn't have enough. That was when, because he left JLA to go with the Outsiders, I believe. I think that was the, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, next up is another Epic one. So Epic had Alien Legion. This was another one called Black Dragon, number six. Hmm, didn't um, know about that. Yeah, this was part six of six, written by Chris Claremont. Uh, art by John Bolton. The Black Dragon, the immortal soul of the land, rise in agony, and not even the most legendary heroes may be able to stop the coming tide of doom. I think that was a final issue in that series. Next up, Blue Devil number 17. Uh, Tie-in with Crisis on Infinite Earth. Uh, the fisherman doesn't count on Blue Devil's arrival when he robs the rich and famous at a Malibu beach home in Fish Out of Water. Script by Gary Cohn. Uh, pencils by Alan Kupperberg. Uh, that's that. Next up, Captain America number 310. Uh, this is first appearance of Diamondback. Serpents of the World Unite, story by Mark Grunwald, art by Paul Neary and Dennis Janke. The Serpent Squad has added five more members and upgraded to the Serpent Society. So 
Falcons up against that this time around. Um, next up, I threw this one in. This is another one I see pop up, but I haven't really uh, brought it up. But this is Cerebus. You know Cerebus, the Aardvark? Uh, yeah, he was. A, yeah, he was a weird independent book. I you, until you said the Aardvark, I said yeah. no. But I mean, when you said that, I, yeah, it was an independent one. Yeah. Yeah. This was remember, like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle thing, right? He he was yeah. separate, but they did cross over. Um, it was one of those. Like, yes. Yeah. Very independent, like one of those underground books, but it had like a weird cult following. Um, so this was a uh, um, Dave Sim. He was a guy that did a lot of the work for that. And he, this was where he, um, uh, he was inspired by Alan Moore uh, to write some of these Cerebus stories, which is kind of cool. Um, Storm Sen tries to give Cerebus advice. Cerebus has a cold and gets stuck in a wall. Um, and <laughs> which is apparently the story there. He's spinning straw you know and gold. You know what kills me? I'm just like, when we're going over all these old comics yep. and, I'm, and I'm thinking this is 80s. Yep. I mean, there's so many goddamn stories in college. Holy shit, there were. You know what yeah. I mean? Like when you think back from the '40s. Yep. And I haven't, I haven't even read any comics in the last 20 years. I mean, how I still many, hear you know what I mean? Me. The stories. I mean, goddamn. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then trying to. I mean, I only was in a certain genre. You know, 20, 30 years of it, and yep. then you think about it. They're still writing stories now, but they got stories from the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. A lot, a lot of what they write now, it's not everything, but a lot of what they do is they they uh, they take a lot of what was written back then and they they sort of, those become their big event books for the year. So they've done like uh, Infinite Crisis a bunch of times. They've, they've just rearranged it. They did the Infinity one again. Yeah, they, you know, they kind of revisit a lot of these concepts. It was the '80s when they started coming out with all those miniseries. <laughs> yeah, or trying to tie all the books together into right. a certain story and like yeah, really Infinity Wars, uh, Secret Wars. I mean, all yep. those things. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. No, let me stop you. I just, oh, like, no, I, I just think I'm like, God damn, all these stories. I mean, you know, there was a lot of titles back in those days too. I mean, there was a lot. Of different right yeah spider-man absolutely. had like his own like what two or three different ones batman had a bunch superman had right. a bunch. it's crazy nowadays superman you can't really sell the books like that. well the x people x-men yeah x-men the x-factor yeah x-caliber i mean it was like anything yeah, new mutants yeah i mean those were the night you know the 80s 90s were the silver age where they just yeah. went ape shit the, yeah great stuff you know, now I don't even know what they do now, but I mean, back then, I mean, it was just, they went so off the wall that nothing's worth any money because it, they... Honestly, I think they, they use the movies as a, a, a sort of a, a place to kind of keep everything sort of in that genre. Like, I think it's the only way they try to attract new readers is to try is to... Is that what they're doing? Yeah. It seems to be. I, I haven't read a lot of the newer stuff anymore. I did, and then I just kind of jumped ship on it. I read mini series and stuff if I'm going to read anything. I, I don't know. There's not much yeah. that I jump into with the, the main stuff anymore. <clears throat> um, next up, Cloak and Dagger number four. I don't know if you remember Cloak yeah. and Dagger. Sure. Had a series on um, Freeform not long ago, which was actually not bad. Um, this is uh, Secret Wars 2 tie-in again as well. The last 65 cent cover price. To be a, a little bit of trivia there. Uh, this is Ultimatum, script by Bill Mantlo, pencils by Rick Leonardi. Um, 
Beyonder enters the lives of Cloak and Dagger. That was the main story. So the Beyonder from Secret Wars 2. Uh, next up, Conan the Barbarian, number 175. Uh, this Damn. is a the Scarlet Conan's still Persona. going. Jesus still going. Thanks. I think he went to 1990 with this series before they stopped. Really? I believe so. Marvel did. Then Dark Horse took it over. Now it's back at Marvel again now, uh, interestingly enough. Uh, this is the Scarlet Personage, um, starring Conan, Tetra, in her first appearance, uh, Dolmurio's first appearance, and the Scar Scarlet Personage first appearance. Uh, this is by Jim Owsley, pencils by John Buscema. Uh, Conan battles a specter of death. Next up, Crisis on Infinite Earth, number seven. So this was this was a dollar sixty cover price back then. You're like, whoa, it's a lot. That's beyond like the an, silent night. It's like an annual. This well, this was the big issue. This is the issue where Superman is holding Supergirl in his arms, the dead Supergirl body. In his ah. arms. That was a pretty big, big story here. And this was by Marv Wolfman and uh, art by George Perez. Um, at last, the origin of the most mysterious players in the world are revealed. Learn the secret parts of Pariah and why he is destined to witness the world after world die. Uh, but yeah, this is where featuring the heroic and tragic death of Supergirl. So that was a pretty uh -huh. big deal. Big deal. Well, yeah. Yeah. Especially back then. Yeah. 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 It was a huge thing. Uh, next up, Daredevil number 223. So you remember, you were the big Daredevil. Oh, yeah. Got yeah. It. Uh, this was The Price, starring Daredevil, The Beyonder, uh, Gloriana O'Brien, Foggy Nelson, Becky Blake, and Skeeter Pretzel in his first appearance. Um, script by Denny O'Neill, one of my favorite Batman writers. Uh, and uh, pencils by David Mazzuccelli, who did a lot of really good Daredevil art over the years, as well as some um, Spider-Man. Beyonder gives Matt his sight back, and Dee Dee threatens to sue him unless he takes it away again. That was continues. And Secret Wars number. Sounds right, like such a ridiculous That's story. what the Beyonder I'm going to sue you, Beyonder. God damn, Matt Murdock. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm a lawyer. <laughs> I got my eyes back. I got no powers. That's all I got for powers. The Beyonder gets a subpoena in space, I guess. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Next up, this was a cool one. That's why I added this one. It's Superpowers number two. So this is based off the toy line, Superpowers. I don't know if you remember mm -hmm. uh, the Kenner toys. So yeah. this was the oh, second yeah. series of toys. So these came out in 84. So this is like, um, uh, they had a comic book tie into that. This was actually by Jack Kirby. He did the pencils and stuff. For that. I love them Superpowers. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Those were like, they still were got so some. Cool. Yeah. Those are awesome toys. This is Hawkman, Red Tornado, Green Arrow, and others travel to the proverbial corners of the Earth to destroy Darkseid's alien pods, which are taking root. Uh, this references Jack Kirby's graphic novel, The Hunger Dogs. So, Hawkman. Well, yeah. You don't see him in a lot of new movies. No, they tried with, um, what was that? Uh, those, uh, the, I think he was in, oh, he's on Legends of Tomorrow. They tried to add him into... Um, the CW. Oh, yeah. First season, that was it. Kind of fizzled. Uh, next up, Swamp Thing. So this is number 41. Um, this is um, uh, um, 
American Gothic. And I took this one because this was uh, when Alan Moore was doing his writing on that, which is probably the definitive run of Swamp Thing. Oh, yeah. So American Gothic, Strike Up Another Dazzling Tale for Alan Moore uh, with Stephen Bissett penciling. Uh, yeah, Alan Moore was a Swamp Thing, like uh, yeah. Frank Miller. Yes. Daredevil. I mean, exactly. he was, you know, I mean, it was... Like it just, it was a perfect match when he was writing, when those people were writing those characters. They just, yeah. As, Cause I mean, if you watch anything Daredevil now, it's, it's Frank Miller, uh, totally influenced by Frank Miller in any given uh, in, incarnation. If it's not, it should be. Yeah. Absolutely. It, it, Cause it was the best stuff. Right. It was, there was the uh, Daredevil slash Batman take. Oh yeah. 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 You know, I mean, that was the whole, comparison thing you know and and, but it worked i mean what he did was fantastic work on that i mean just just if you want to read good daredevil you get the frank miller stuff that's all you want to read is just really good daredevil stories just get frank miller ones Mm -hmm. all right last up um is actually it's not an issue of the comic but i thought this was kind of cool teenage mutant ninja turtles and other strangeness this is an rpg role-playing game um, so this was the first print of this came out. Um, so it was a manual, and the manual that's illustrated by both Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, and included a three-page origin story and an eight-page story. Don't judge a book, published by Palad- uh, Paladinian Books. So yeah. Palladium Books. Am I reading that right? <laughs> so yeah. So there you go. Um, Turtles role-playing game. So I mean, this yeah. is a year after Turtles were released. Already getting a role-playing game. So it's pretty, uh, pretty impressive. It was uh, taken off. Well, the turtles were the spawn of the independence, and and completely inspired by Frank Miller's Daredevil, which is the coolest thing about it. You know, the the blind boy or the the boy carrying the turtles when he's that are hit the, when the jar is hit by the canister of the radioactive material. That's supposedly the same truck that the site from daredevil. is that right yes that's what kevin eastman and they were so into frank miller's daredevil at the time when they were writing it that they just took everything all this inspiration from that while they're doing it that's why there's the foot clan because the hand was the you know the one uh, there's a there's a lot of things trans. that they just borrowed from that but i mean it it's it, it, it's it's you know so iconic now you know, you know it's it's funny but yeah uh, took a lot of good. stuff from there <laughs> yeah, that makes sense now. I never knew that. That makes yeah. sense. So it's an interesting little uh, little thing about that trivia. I'm sure <laughs> right. when we get into Ninja Turtles, we'll talk more in detail. Right, because back then the Ninja Turtles weren't what they are today. They no. were edgy. They were but they like, were super edgy. Cut, yeah, cut your goddamn head off. Yeah, there was blood, yeah. and they 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 cursed, but they, I mean it was just damn and hell and stuff. It wasn't. Let's eat pizza. Was, right, there was no pizza. Or anything. That got that got switched up for. Uh, cartoon Saturday yeah. morning stuff. Oh, absolutely. But you know, hey, it's a whole it's it's what put them it's what kept them on the map is really what what you got to say about that. Hey, what what puts butts in seats? <laughs> absolutely. I don't think any of them regret it. You know. Yeah. I'm sure they were like, "Hey, you know, we were doing our comic, they were doing their show. We're good." <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what the fun part is. Yeah, absolutely. All right, but that's it for the spinner rack for this week. So some pretty cool books. Good spinner rack, good spinner yeah. rack. A lot of knowledge. A lot of stuff in there, yeah. All right, so music. What do we got in the world of music? This yeah, will be we'll our final segment. With, we'll finish up with music. Uh, number 100 on the charts. New Attitude, 
Patty LaBelle. Oh yeah. I got a new attitude. <laughs> I think yeah. they used to use that song in like feminine product commercials. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm trying to think if it was like razors or something, but it was like a feminine product and it was always like, I got to do that. That song would be in that. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, right. Empowering yeah. women was what it was doing. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know. It was number 100 at this point. So I imagine earlier on it was higher up. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, that, that was a pretty big hit for Patty LaBelle. But we had number 100. Now we're going to drop to 98. Some like it hot. The power oh, station. Oh, power station. Man, that, that was, um, what's his name? Uh, he sang uh, Simply Irresistible, um, Robert Palmer. Oh yeah, that was his band, and they did "Some Like It Hot," which was great. And they also did "Bang a Gong." They did a cover oh, yeah. of that song. They, they, they were they were pretty good. I, I I actually liked a lot of their stuff. And then he went solo with uh you know "Addicted to Love" and all that stuff, and you know obviously his career exploded from there. Good right song. <clears throat> we're gonna get spaced out a little bit for a little while, but I mean once we get lower to the, believe me. Once we start hitting, yeah. you're gonna see every 85 is just mid 80s. Crazy when we get baby. Who we got? <laughs> 91 rhythm of the night, the barge. Oh yeah, feel the beat to the rhythm of the night. Dun, dun, yeah. dun. that was from the movie, The Last Dragon, I believe. Um, oh yeah, yeah. We talked about that a, a couple casts ago, I believe. Because um, I was talking about Tamak. Tamak was the, the star of that movie and show enough and. <laughs> That, that was the song. It was Elder Barge's song for that. Feel the beat of the rhythm of the night. This was before he hit with uh, Who's Johnny from Short Circuit. So this was like his oh, first hit. From Short Circuit. <clears throat> yeah, you know. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> well, I'm going to hit number 90 on you. And I only do it because I saw the artist and I was, you know, it's it, it, it Say You're Wrong, Julian Lennon. Oh yeah, okay. And I, yeah, and I've never really known Lennon's son to do anything. Yep. He so, no, he did. He he did a bit of stuff. Now this is the son that he had with the wife before Yoko. So this okay. was this was a previous marriage, and I I believe if I'm not mistaken, there was a pretty estranged relationship between the two right? for a okay. long time. Because I saw the name yeah. and I was like, I don't remember that kid doing much, but I mean, it, he did. He, he did a few things and. Um, I'm trying to think. He had a couple of, of decent hits. Um, and I think in, even in 1990, when um, was it uh, Iraqi War was going on, he got a bunch of artists together and they did give Beach <coughs> a chance again, like a modern version of it. It might have just been the Iraq War. Yeah, that the, one. The, the other than the Iraqi. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, goddamn Iraqis came at us. We had to get them. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. The Iraq War. <laughs> the Iraqi War. We had to get them sons of. Yeah. But I'm just breaking your balls on that one, son. I heard it. Oh no, you're good. You're good. Uh, no, I, I heard that. I was, yeah, I was like, that, that's not one that stuck out. But I saw the name, and I'm like, eh, yeah. Pull the plug yeah, yeah. on that. That's. I think that's a pretty decent song too, if I'm not mistaken. I go 87. Uh, one night in Bangkok. Uh, oh, Murray, Murray had. Oh God, I love that song. That is a great, 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 great. I mean, song. literally most every single song I saw in here, you, probably somebody would go, why did you overpass that? And I, but I can't, I can't folks, I can't hit them all. Right. But I mean, it's like, 
So I'm going to go 81. We are the world, U.S. for Africa. Oh, that, yeah. This So this is probably falling down the charts at this well, point. Well, it's 81. Uh, yeah, 81 and 85. Because this was where we are the world. Everybody's yeah. together singing about Yeah, it was great. But you got to remember, <clears throat> like we talked about earlier, one week after this was the... Uh, the concert, Live Aid. The right. Live Aid. So... Which, which we'll get into, yeah. So I think We Are the World was almost like a year before this. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And this you is know what probably, I mean? So, yeah, I mean, still it, on the charts. Still being there is uh, quite a, I'm sure it was up top for a while. Oh, God, yeah. That that definitely was in the number one spot for a long time. Because I remember, because you know, you it had, was everybody. It was everybody. Michael Jackson. You had uh, Bob Dylan in there. You had like everybody. <laughs> and it, it was the, uh, remember, it was the, uh, the Saturday Night Live did the spoof of that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> With everybody. <laughs> Great stuff, man. Uh, we're going down to number 80. Smooth Operator. Sadei. Sadei, yeah. Smooth Operator. It's a great song. That was, that was, I think, her first big hit, too. She had a lot more. That was That's a big a one. Yeah. Don't you forget about uh, me. Wow, love that song, man. Simple Minds, Simple. number that, 69. That comes on the radio. I got I to gotta turn it up, man. I got to turn yeah. it up in Goosebumps. You hear that, that song. Holds, that holds today. That holds today. Hold, absolutely. That song is still a great, great song today. It's uh, that, that is proof that that band, even though they didn't have a huge amount of hits, they had a few, but that one song is just, even if that was the only thing they ever recorded i guess we're from a different singer. time but I, yeah. to me if i was in high school today i would think about that mm-hmm. it'd be but, yeah absolutely but the kids probably won't what i mean I, <laughs> but in my head i would you know what i mean i mean like, <laughs> i i remember i can still see the video in my head walking too, across and, a football field <laughs> yeah, that, that, oh, absolutely. I, and I, I remember the video too because they had all the, the scenes from the movie in there. So when you catch it on MTV, you get to see like all the those clips and stuff. It was oh, it's great, great movie, great song. It's, it's perfect. <clears throat> Dropped is number sixty-four. Willie and the Hand Jive, George Thorogood and the Destroyers. Oh yeah, George Thorogood. This one I'm not as familiar with. Willie and the Hand Jive. I know I, I hear it. I'll probably be like, oh okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's one of those ones. If you do, like George do Thorogood, I usually think you know, Bad to the Bone, right. uh, One Scotch, One Bourbon, One Beer. You know, those are songs that always stick out in my head more. But I, I'll <laughs> have to listen to this when I put this together. Some of them are going to hit from movies, and this is one um, you're going to probably know. I, I, I had to. Put it in there. It's a number sixty-one, Invincible theme from Legend of Billie Jean. Yes, Pat Benatar. Pat Benatar. We will be invincible. Legend of Billie Jean. Christian Slater was in that movie. Mm. <laughs> you had uh, Helen Slater who played um, Supergirl the year before, and now now she was playing Billie Jean. Not related to Christian Slater. I don't believe they're they're really related, but they had the same last name. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> number 58 call me go west okay i know go west but i'm trying to think of this song call me I have to, that's is it the one that goes call me no that's blondie oh, is that uh, that when you said that i'm thinking blondie i'm like what's blondie like late well, 70s early 80s might, yeah. might have highlighted that for no reason folks <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I, it might be a cover they did of that i don't know that's that'd be interesting to hear number 55 
You're going to get this one. The never ending story. Oh yeah. Lamal. Lamal. Yeah. That's it's strange name. I don't know anything else. That that that's from the movie, right? <laughs> yes. The never ending story. Yeah. Oh, there Lamal. is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, how, I'm like, I'll know this shit. Oh yeah. So I, uh... Well, if you watch what stranger things, uh, last season, that's they sing it like all through that. I have the end. how many seasons are out of that? Three, I watched I one. Three. I watched one. I gotta watch the, the other two. I watched yeah. one, and then I was like, "Well, what are they gonna do from here?" But it's pretty good. I'll uh, say, just right. being an I '80s fan, it's 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 cool for that alone. <laughs> I am that right. You and yeah, I are that absolutely. I shouldn't even tell people I didn't watch that shit. But I they're going to start messaging you like crazy. Right. What are you doing? What are you waiting for? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we're going down number 53 and we're going to break it down. St. Elmo's Fire, Man in Motion, John Parr. John Parr. I can be your man in motion. All I need is a pair of wheels. <laughs> Take me where the future's a lion. St. Elmo's Fire. <laughs> I can keep going. <laughs> A great song though. I mean, like it's just yeah. got a great beat to it. It's and that's like, it. The young man in motion. I, yeah. I always listen to that song and never even listen to the words mm-hmm. until, like I say, when I man in motion. I need a pair of Yeah. That that drum beat though is like it's like it's like really got a good beat to it. It's a you know. And that was like pretty pretty much the only song that guy did. Yeah, I don't. I I I never heard the name before. I don't ever remember hearing it ever since. And I I think he did it for the movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that was. It was like it was like a Canadian guy stayed in the '80s mullet thing. Yeah, he's like he took his sack of money, went back to Canada, and retired happy. That was it. Yeah. Yep. I'm I'm good. (laughs) Right. Fuck you. You got your song, bitches. I'm going back to the mountains. <laughs> I'll call you in 30 for the next one. <laughs> yeah. All right. Number 52. We don't need another hero. Tina we Turner. Oh, from uh, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. That's right. We don't need another hero. <laughs> Apparently that did not come up in the top 13 of the of the movies. No, no. Yeah. You know, it's that's a weird sequel. But all those movies are really weird in in retrospect. Yeah. Have so you ever that, watched? That, the, I'm sorry, I was getting off. Time. Did you ever watch Fury Road, the last Mad Max yeah, movie? Yeah, I did. That that movie is so batshit crazy. It's awesome. <laughs> but I mean, no, I, you know, and I let me set my beer down. <laughs> I'm a traditionalist when it comes to Mad Max. Yeah. When I watched that movie, I was like, you know what? This fucking thing wraps up like every movie into one. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. I go. It's, this is, uh, it's like a, a two-hour car chase. I mean, really, yeah. it's just it's freaking nuts. And yeah, I, I took but, my, I mean, you, my you, wife to it. She'd never seen any of those Mad Max movies, so she's she's walking out of that movie going, "I don't know what the hell I just watched." <laughs> 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 I'm like, you gotta see these. I don't know. It's hard to explain if you've never watched them, but man, I loved it. <laughs> but. <clears throat> The guy with the, the, the guy, the, yes, main guy, the, the bad guy with yes. the white shit and all that. Yep. He was the guy from Mad Max. The first two. movie. He was from the first Mad Max movie. He was the second one. No, the first Mad Max, the original Mad Max. He was the actual villain. Yeah, he might have played one in the second one, but he was, 
he was the actor from he played in the original Mad Max as the main villain um, from the 79 one, which was if you watch it, it's so <laughs> see, I, I take him more from the second one from the guy that's the commander. I guess, oh, as you mean as a character yeah. or as an actor, the actual actor? No, as a character. Oh, the character. Yeah, okay. I see what you're saying. I see, yeah, I see what you're saying. I'm just, I'm just, mine was being more of a specific, no, but you know, it's the actual, it's the same actor from the first Mad Max movie. Is know, it? Returning, yeah, playing a villain again in that one, which was kind oh, of cool. see, I take it from like, yeah. The Not act, the same like, character, just same actor. No, because like when you, the whole, uh, he's the commander and the mm -hmm. shooting and the, I mean, yeah. they, they wrapped a lot of characters together. Yes. The one thing I do like about the third Mad Max was that train scene at the end. I thought that was pretty awesome. When when he was escaping with the train with the kids mm -hmm. in it, that part yeah. was pretty cool. Uh, that, it was a good action sequence. I don't even know where we got off on that. Yeah, I know. It was Tina Turner. Oh, wait, Tina, Turner. <laughs> Tina, Tina took me off. God damn, Tina. Damn you, Tina. I'm sending Ike to you. What was her husband's name? Ike. Where's <laughs> Ike? Ike's coming. He's gonna come on, Ike. Ike. <laughs> Get off that's of that, man. That's terrible, folks. We don't do that. Yeah, yet. no, it's, right. it's we're not condoning <laughs> violence against women. We're just, just, uh, just joking. All right, jumping up. Oh, that was fifty-two. Number fifty, like a surgeon. Weird Al Yankovic. Oh God, awesome man. Love some Weird Al. Splitting it up at number fifty. This would have been right about the time Weird Al was really breaking out because he had had Eat It uh, before that. That was a big hit. And I think this was right around the time where, so I think he was, Eat It was probably 84. So this would have been like his second album or something where he was okay. really, really coming out with some good stuff. Because he <laughs> right, had, this is, this I, is I love this of. one. This one's great. I love, I I won on, or I lost on Jeopardy is another, oh, there's so many great ones. He did. Right. That's when he was <laughs> in the thick of his shit. Like, I'm oh, talking, let's do it. Yeah, he, he was awesome. <clears throat> All right, number 46, Summer of 69, Brian Adams. Right. That, that is a song I swear I've heard more times than any other song in my life. I don't know. I think it's because my brother used to play it all the time. He was a big fan of that particular Which one? Song. Which brother? Paul. Paul was. Despite the fact that he was more into like ACDC and that kind of rock stuff, he, for some reason, liked that song. And that played a lot in my house, I remember. I think it was just, a, I think it was just the vibe of the song, you know, that he liked. All right. Number 44. <laughs> Center field, John oh, Fogarty. Yeah. John Fogarty. Put me, Put in, me coach. in, coach. I'm ready, ready to play today. today. <laughs> it's a great song. <laughs> yeah. Fogarty. It's a good hits back then after Creed's oh, days. Yeah. yeah. No, now it's a classic. That is a good song. You know, if you hear that song now, it like really brings you back to that time when baseball was really important. Like baseball was like, it was kind of like everything back in those days. Because not just because of the that. sport, but because we played it like outside. You know, we get a wiffle ball or we get a bat or whatever. We go outside and play. Yeah, all the time. This kind of shit. I remember hearing that song, and it would. When I look back in my head, I think, okay, these songs are older when I'm hearing them. Mm -hmm. But it was probably like 1985, 1986, when we were in little league, going mm -hmm. to. Yankee Stadium. Oh, no kidding. When we were kids, yeah. you know, on, on a trip. Nice. And they played that on the 
the big board, and it was yeah. Ricky Ricky Henderson uh, from the Yankees, who was yeah. base ceiling champion. Uh-huh. And it was put me in, coach. And then, like <laughs> in the middle of the inning, when people when the players are going off and on, and he yeah. was up there. I remember being a kid watching it, going, "Oh, that's an old song." Yeah, but cool it probably stuff. was on the radio. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. All right, nine, number thirty-five. Pulling on your heartstrings, the power of love. Louis in the news. That's the one. Back to the future, baby. Mm-hmm. So this was probably just starting to come up the charts at this point. Mm-hmm. I bet that once that movie hit. Now, this was the first song that Huey Lewis hit number one with was Power of Love. Is that it? Yeah. Even though they had their album Sports with like I Want a New Drug and all that stuff came out like a year before. Right. This song was their big hit. And they actually wrote two songs for Back to the Future because they wrote Power of Love and they wrote Back in Time. Back in Time is the one that plays at the credits. That was the original song they wrote because they approached them to write a song and that was it. And then the director's like, we want something that's going to be like, sort of like the hit that's about like a lo- like sort of about love and stuff because that's a big part of it with Marty and his girlfriend and this and that. So they came up with Power of Love and that became the sort of the, the, the definitive song from that soundtrack. Uh, I don't even know. I'm just going to give you a, a general scenario. <laughs> But I, I know this skit, Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. Danny Carvey yep. on the elevator. Kevin Neal. Kevin Neal. Or yep. he's going, take me back in time. Yep. That's. Take me back in time. <laughs> is that. Time. Yep. But who is on the elevator with him? Michael J. Fox was. He was like, yep. he was I like I like that song. Yep. Take me back in time. <laughs> in time. <laughs> They're both standing next to him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was like one of their classic things. Oh yeah, that was a great one. Yeah, uh, thirty-three. What about love, heart? Okay. What about love? Okay. Yeah. That's I what want I was someone to care about you. <laughs> that's yep. right. Number thirty-two. You spin me round. Oh like yeah. A record. Dead, Dead or alive. alive. Yeah. yeah. You spin me right, right around. around that right that was around. used. Uh, that was sampled again in a song by Flo Rida and Kesha, like about maybe like between five ten years ago. You spin my head right round when you go down. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. They use that same like sample in there. Uh, number twenty five. Get it on. Bang a gong. That's it. Our station. Yeah, that was the other hit they had. Great song. I love that cover. Get it all. Because that was originally T-Rex, I think, in the 70s. So they covered <laughs> it. But I like their version better, to be honest, with you, over the original Power Station one. Was going, yeah. Number Get 23, Shout. Tears for Fears. Tears for Fears. Oh, great song. Great album from that. Songs from the Big Chair was that album. Shout. Good stuff. Shout. Shout. Let it all out. You know, and this is Let's get a little sentimental, bring a little pull on the heartstrings for a minute. Bring it here. down, folks. We're bringing it down. I, I'm, I'm going to get heavy for a second, but I remember right. this is a, one of my memories of Tears for Fears from that time when that song was out. Steve Jackson had a Tears for Fears shirt. It's, it's songs from the big uh, chair. And I always remember he wore it all the time. And I, back in that around fifth, sixth grade, he used to wear that t shirt. And I remember that. And I'm like, oh. just, whenever I hear that, that song and I see that like I see the album or anything like that I always think of him 
about that. To relate him to. Folks, just so you understand <laughs> the situation, we had a friend that we graduated with, uh, Steve Jackson. Good man. Uh, passed away a month, two months ago. Yeah, a couple months uh, back. It was in between our last show and this. Yeah. And uh, good guy. Yeah. We graduated. We, we went to school with him, uh, yeah, all of our life, really. And, yeah, uh, yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, it was a, it was a drug thing. He, yeah. he lived that lifestyle and he, uh, he, he wound up, he wound up passing from that situation. But <clears throat> when we were kids, Kyle and I re- reminisced about this We He was a guy, I mean, this is when we were kids. He, he lived in the same town and mm-hmm. he would, Kyle and I were geeks and we would uh, film things and make up <laughs> stupid yep. shit and then, and we had Jackson come up, Jacks, Action Jackson. Action we would Jackson. Have, we, he would come up and he did stuff with us. We were in a goddamn cardboard box. Yeah, it was like a refrigerator in box. In my basement. Yeah. And we were we were trying to replicate uh uh, uh what was it? Uh Tom Cruise and the Top uh, Gun, Top Gun. Top Gun. Yeah. And yep. we had his helmets on. And we were trying to be in the in the flight suit and uh, yep, and it was a cockpit to a or to right, a, a cockpit and we're yep. airplane and we're talking about <laughs> stuff and, and what was the exact line? The line was um, it, it was it's it's got lots of lights or so something along the lines of it's got lights. It's like what are you talking about? How does it got lights? And he says. Or it's like, you're something about how is, is it a plane or how, or how can it be? A, or it's a ship, he said. That's what he said. He goes, it's a ship. And you're like, how can a ship be in the, in the sky? And he says, it's a spaceship, dipwad. <laughs> and at that point, you give me the slashing <laughs> right. signal under your neck. You're like, Scott. Yeah. You're, I look at you and go. <laughs> yeah. Geek. And, and then all of a sudden, the video stops. <laughs> it comes back on. <laughs> And, and Jackson's crying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's like sobbing. It's a, it's a play. When, when, when I said cut, I probably beat the shit out of him with my hands or something. <laughs> I think you turned around, you smacked him a couple times, you like berated him a bit. God damn it, we're talking about serious stuff here, Jackson. <laughs> we are talking about planes. In a cardboard box. Right. Right. This is, like, this is serious stuff. Right. Like, we're in a goddamn plane. We're going over an aircraft carrier. No spaceships here. Jesus no Christ. Right. You can't figure that out by yourself. I don't know what the, you know. Meanwhile, we're in a goddamn cardboard box. Right. Imaginary shit. Great stuff. Yeah, those were those were great memories that we have of it. Right. I think every now and again we'll we'll bring him up and we'll we'll talk about him. So yeah, right. actually kind of keep alive. <laughs> yeah, and then, and yeah, folks, it was it was, you know not that we hung out with Jackson in the last twenty years. I mean, we've all taken our different paths. Of course, but just the fact that uh, a friend of ours, you know, we found out passed on that. Yeah, <clears throat> you know, it was tough. It was tough, yeah. and we relived it, but. We had to relive it for a second there for uh, Kyle and I too, just because he was yeah. a good guy. He was a good yeah. guy. He was. Jackson he really was. Definitely was. a good guy. Yep. 
I mean, we were we were close buds for for a, a long time through high school. Yeah. So even even shortly after too. I mean, it was. Right. Guy that would give you the shirt off his back. He certainly would. Anytime. He's one of those kind of guys. He so, was. Not that you'd <laughs> want it, but. <laughs> you may not want the shirt, but he would do it for you. <laughs> Good shit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Number 19, walking yeah. on sunshine. Oh, Katrina yeah. Katrina on the waves. Katrina on the waves. Walking on sunshine. Woo! <laughs> that, that song is like, it drips 80s. Like, there's songs that you could, you could listen to now that were recorded in the 80s. They sound pretty good. You know, they still kind of hold up in their own way. But this song is just like pure sugar 80s like it's just mm-hmm. like if there was a song to define the 80s this is probably one of those songs yeah absolutely <laughs> number 14 everybody wants to rule the world oh that's there's another tears that's probably the tears best for tears for fear song right there everybody wants to rule the world near, near. That was that appeared at the end credit or not the end credits the end scene from the movie Real Genius uh, starring Val Kilmer. You remember mm-hmm. that from the it's great great eighties <clears throat> movie if you ever get a chance to watch it. Jump to number twelve. The Goonies are good enough. Oh, Cindy Lauper. And that now we talked about wrestling earlier. Now here's mm-hmm. this video that she made with all these wrestlers. Captain Lou Albano was in it there. And, oh yeah. Um, I Roddy think Iron Piper. Sheik. Yeah, yeah, I think all of them Roddy were Piper, in it. Yep. But she did that with those just want to have fun. And it's a, uh, I think this video is like the one where it's like clips of the movie. Yep. And they're also trying to bust into things. Yeah. Like they're, they're making a movie, but they're doing yes. clips from the movie. And yes. And the wrestlers like, are there. Yeah. <laughs> this was the whole wrestling thing where she was in there and involved in WrestleMania and all that. Mm-hmm. I think she helped really legitimize wrestling more than anything. Cause, cause she did it with girls just want to have fun. She had Captain Lou was in that one with her. She played, mm-hmm. he played her father. And I, and I think that was, it was such a big hit that, you know, it just became like, she, she would put them in all of her videos. And this was and when the wrestling was people. doing the Saturday night <laughs> wrestling when they were supplementing Saturday night live. Yes. Yeah. So this that. is when all those big wrestling events went on. Mm-hmm. It was the uh, the brawl to end it all. Yeah. Where Hulk Hogan and Rowdy Roddy Piper had Rowdy Roddy Piper was the one that smacked her in the head <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. So that that was uh, <laughs> so this yeah. was the whole time mid eighties mid eighties mid eighties man. This led up to uh, 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 WrestleMania two. Oh, what it cool. led up to. Yeah. And this was right around the time rock and wrestling came out too, that cartoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Big stuff. All right. So that was number 12. Number 11, Glory Days, Bruce Springsteen. Great song. That's like sort of one of those reminiscent type songs. It's a good one. Absolutely. We jump into the top 10, folks, and we hit everybody in the top 10. We just don't jump around. So number 10, Angel, Madonna. Okay. Not one of my, my the more yeah. familiar Madonna songs for me. And but. some of them aren't here, but folks, but we hit all top ten. So if you don't remember them, that's okay. We keep moving on. Number nine, <laughs> voices carry till, oh, Tuesday. till Tuesday. Amy Mann. Amy Mann, she's like one of those prolific songwriters. Like people that are into music, you know Amy Mann. This is a great song um, where she's like, hush, hush, keep it down now. 
voices carry. Great, great song. I love that song. That anytime that comes on, crank it up. Good tune. I'm glad you know it because I don't. <laughs> love it. I love that song. Number eight, everything you go away. Paul Young. Hmm. Or every time you go away. Oh, every time you go away, you take a piece of me with you. This appeared at the end of the end scene of uh planes, trains, and automobiles. I mistakenly said it was John Waits missing you. This is the one that it is. Every time you go away, um, it was used a lot. It wasn't his version that that it was somebody else singing that version. Really? But this you is are, yeah. I'm glad you're accustomed to most of these because I'm not. I'm <laughs> like a, but you know the song. That that one you gotta be familiar with if you remember. If I heard it, you would, sure. yeah, you'd know it. I usually just hear the Kyle Lentz versions. <laughs> I know they're and they're so good. <laughs> I'm breaking glass as I sing. <laughs> the cats are how har- har- you know howling in harmony with me. <laughs> Number seven, you give good love. Whitney Houston. You keep, uh, yeah, I think that's one of her slower jams, but yeah, okay. Right. I think that's I know another that one. one. Like, I, not a huge, say. not not a, one of her bigger hits that I, I like, but yeah, I, th- I think I'm familiar with that one. My dad was a big Whitney Houston fan. Loved Whitney Houston. Weird. Number thing. six, Would I Lie to You Arithmetics. Oh, the Eurythmics. Would I lie to you, honey? All right. Now would I say something that wasn't true? I'm asking you, would I lie? This is in the movie. Great, great 80s comedy. One Crazy Summer. If you ever see that oh, movie, yeah. yep, this yep. is featured in that movie. Um, it's in like the uh, when they're doing the, they're advertising for Demi Moore's band. We'll talk about this movie in the future too. But John Cusack, great, 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 great movie. Um, uh, yeah, this was, that's featured in that movie. Great song. I'm glad you know him. So. <laughs> I have an 80s trove of crap. Jamie now, you brain. tell me you know this one. The search is over, Survivor. Search is over, Survivor. Is this the one from Rocky 4? No, I don't know if this would be. I don't know. Because Rocky 4 doesn't come out till December, so this would have been way earlier. Yeah, I don't know yeah. this one. I don't know. I don't think either. I know this one. So I'm glad. Okay, yeah. Everyone I have a notice, you're like, oh yeah, and I'm like, I don't know that fucker at all. And you're like, yeah, okay, good. Yeah, this one I'm not familiar with. I probably heard it. Fuck you, fuck you. Yeah, fuck me. You don't know. I'll have to listen to him. Number four, Heaven, Brian Adams. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, this is like a makeout song from 1985. If you were in high school in 1985, I'm sure you made out to Brian Adams' Heaven. Probably. Under the bleacher somewhere or in a car somewhere. This would have been the song you would have been making out to. <laughs> All right, number three. I'm going to understand this one. Raspberry Beret, mm. Prince and the Revolution. Great song. Raspberry Beret, the kind you find in a secondhand store. <laughs> That's a good song, yeah. It's a great <laughs> number two. Another one a view to a kill, Duran Duran. There from the James Bond movie. Yep. Wow, okay. That was the title title song for there we go. Roger Moore's final song. I know song the name of the Moore. movie, so that makes more sense. There you go. And number <laughs> one, I'm gonna drop it down. We all know that. Susudio, Phil mm. Collins. Which we have no idea what that means, but yeah, Su 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 Still don't know what that means. 
Keeps it real, though. Yeah, it was a good song. That was a Bill lot Collins. of good songs. A lot of good songs. Great songs right, in there, right man. Now. I mean, there Great was, and there was more in there that probably, like, the way you know them more than I do, when I go through and I check them off the list, I'm going through, I, I bet you there's ones in that top 100. I'd be like, oh, Johnny Kill the Rat. And yeah. you'd be like, oh, that fucking sure. That one was in. Uh... <laughs> that, that's why I should not be allowed to do the music. I would probably pick like 300 freaking songs. I'd be like, we no, be Johnny Killed the Rat. You don't understand. <laughs> he played that one back in the day when uh, Bugs Bunny came out once. And uh, <laughs> yeah. some bizarre reference that I. <laughs> right. It's like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's better that you pick them because then you pick like what you know, and then we're we're, we're not I, I try, on it for I too try, long. Bro. I try, brother. I if try. we're on it, because we'd be on it way too long. I'd pick like yeah, you'd be like, like this yeah, is good. No. This is a good one. <laughs> right, right. Number one, one hundred. Uh, shit dogs. Okay, number ninety nine. Shit dogs two. Number ninety eight. Uh, shit dogs three. Yeah, they're all there. All the hits. All the hits. Yeah. Uh, good stuff though you picked some great tracks those are good songs no is that well that's a good that's a good year that's a good oh year. yeah, hell a yeah. Good week i mean Jesus so Christ. here we are middle of the 1980s great songs great movies Dead I not mean, center damn. of the 80s yeah awesome With, uh <clears throat> back to the future back to the future i'm glad we hit this because this Me too. i know that i know this one was in your wheelhouse brother this is absolutely the one that's it's this is right in your nutsack. <laughs> there, there's a lot of these that I want to hit. Like, I mean, I've, I've, I've got a list of my long of these. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, and folks, there could be one that we could go. The following week could be another one. In yeah. Right in the 80s. But where are we thinking we're going next week, Kyle? Hmm. I'm hoping I'm, I'm going to try to see if we're going to get to January 1985. This is All if right. we go as planned. Because um, we might have a special guest that's going to join us uh, for that one. Okay. Um, so we'll be we're we're looking at that, and that's that's the debut of a, a certain animated series uh, All right. called, called Thundercats. So we may, yeah. if we can hit that, I'm hoping we can go there. If not, we're gonna we'll hit something else, but we'll be definitely going there soon. I promise. You. Right, and absolutely, folks. So we got a few things coming up, and uh, we're trying. I mean, Kyle and I, we feel as though we're more than entertaining. <laughs> Oh, uh, I'm sure. I'm sure they're like, can we get an album of Kyle just singing these great versions right. of his? Right. We're, we're, no. We feel as though we can we can hold your attention, but yeah, Kyle has a lot of connections in Hollywood. Look, if you if you didn't know, outside Hollywood, <laughs> if, if you didn't know, Kyle's favorite movie, I found out. I thought it was Back to the Future, but I found out today, actually on Facebook, mm. that it was. Indiana Jones. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders of the Lost All-time favorite movie. So next week, Kyle has coming in for us. For Harrison what? Ford. Harrison Ford <laughs> coming in next week. Yeah. <laughs> He's no, taking a break Kyle, from the set of Indiana Jones 5 to right, come so, and visit us. So no, Kyle <laughs> does not know anybody that good, folks. But no, just breaking chops. But he does have some connections. And I, yeah, I got I, some some cool people from that were '80s influencers will come in. Right. Um, you know, really did some cool pop culture stuff from that time. Um, that'll be so fun. we're gonna have some people coming in, uh, joining us on the show. Um, so that'll be good. Not that we can't hold your attention, but we're gonna have some people coming in. It'll be nice to have uh, yeah. at least some some uh, some people come in and and give us their aspects on different things. 
And just so you know, Kyle's not only famous, I am too. I have some other people coming in from mm -hmm. our genre. Yes. One would be my brother, the wit. Yes, the wit. Who, uh, would be awesome. So we've only talked about in, um, in fantasy and hearsay and hearsay yes. and whatnot. And that he's been, uh, you know, <laughs> wit is uh, the wit is, yeah. you know, nowadays he's a lot nicer than he was back then back then, he was, yeah he 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 was a typical 80s prick um <laughs> very much so if you ever watched the movie uh uh weird science he yes was, he, he's oh God. very much chat chat bill paxton's character absolutely <laughs> that's how the wit was in the <laughs> 80s to us because he's five years older yeah but he's he's mellowed these days but owner bring the wit on yeah, or, uh, and My, when we do that, we'll probably do a quick overview of what happens, yes. and we'll do basically just a, a question and answer with the wet about stories we have, like Kyle's uh, exploding head, and <laughs> uh, and and just 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 with the the wit being a prick in yeah. my life um but yeah so him a friend of ours barnsey that we yeah. uh, grew up with and went to school and we're looking to bring in other people we went to school with yeah and, and just so you know the 80s kids you know we grew up in the 80s but we are going to drift off into the 90s definitely the early we graduated 90s graduated in 92 mm -hmm. so we're going to hit that and we may even fold back into the late 70s right. when we were real young, even though a lot of that's not memorable to us, but it was our time of life. Yeah, I mean, we started kindergarten in 79, so we yeah. were right in that, that era of the late 70s. So Absolutely. But in, that, uh, in the tr transitional time without that, Kyle has a couple of people that are coming in that actually have done things in yeah. the real world that are... Yeah. Uh, uh, uh better than what we do so <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've got i, I have a, a friend who will be coming in he's a he was a voice on uh thundercats so he'll be coming in hopefully uh, he was coming we're just hope we don't have the specific scheduled date we're hoping to have it soon right, uh, right and another gentleman who is wrote for one of my favorite 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 uh shows uh, as a kid and even today i still watch it regularly which is the real ghostbusters um He's, he's written for several other shows uh, up through the 2000s. So, I mean, this this guy's pretty awesome. Um, really friendly dude, too. Um, so, yeah, we should have some some cool uh, guests coming in and, and uh, participating on some of our crazy uh, adventures <laughs> and antics here on the, the 80s kids. Yeah, and absolutely. And if you guys can offer up anything to us, I mean. Sure uh you know as far as what you'd want to see or hear about from those times we're hitting the genres and the topics but if something comes up and you want to say <laughs> yeah you're hitting this and that but can you also hit yeah yeah the if there's, yeah if there's something that we may have overlooked even if it's a week we've already covered and you said hey you missed this that week hit us again. Maybe we'll revisit, you know, and, and try to cover right. on anything we might've missed that time. Cause there's some weeks that are just jammed with so much stuff. It's right. hard to and hit we don't, every single right. thing. Even if we're going to hit 1989 that week and you're like, Hey, uh, you know, you have a question saying, I remember when in 1981, when you went over this, mm -hmm. um, the following week, this happened, blah, blah, blah. 
you know, throw it at us because uh, yeah. we're not, we're not uh, super seekers in the knowledge. We just are coming out with it and sure. trying to entertain to the best we can. <laughs> Try it. I, you know, so for the most part, that's all we're trying to do. Yeah. So we'll be, we'll be mixing the format up a bit, bringing in some, uh, you know, some, uh, you know, circling uh, some different guests uh, coming in to uh, sort of uh, help us out with the, uh, the entertainment factor here. So it should be, a, should be pretty interesting and entertaining. Uh, Absolutely. So yeah, we're excited. So we're going in some pretty cool directions uh, in future episodes. I think so. So hopefully next week we're going to run into, what are we thinking? Uh, uh, hopefully we can bring in your pal from. Yeah. The, uh, I'd say we, we try that. If not, you know, maybe we can, talk about um you know we could talk about raiders of lost ark you know we have you know that's something that i, I would uh i could go on for hours on or something whatever right i'm, I'm into uh any of those right so right for right now folks we'll keep it open-ended hopefully we can yep. bring in uh thundercats yeah hopefully or is it lionel lionel yes he, he was lionel, the voice of lionel. Right. Uh, right. we're bringing yeah. in thundercats folks. the whole thing <laughs> No, no, we'll, we'll with Lionel, uh, Larry Kenny, great, great dude. Um, he's just a, a, a super, super sweet guy. Uh, so yeah, we'll bring him in. He'll give us some insights on, on working on the show and share some fun stories. Really funny guy. So. All right, absolutely. So if you're a fan of that and you watch that as growing up, this is going to be a good episode coming up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Kyle, you want to take us out? Yeah, let me take you out. Um, we are the 80s Kids. Uh, don't forget to uh, visit us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, the whole nine yards, 8Ds Kids, right? I believe that's where we're at. Um, and uh, we are, uh, we're, you know, as we said, if you've got any uh, suggestions, any comments, any questions, please feel free to uh, message us, email us, whatever you got to do. Uh, and don't forget, we will do that Googling for you guys. So uh, please come back and join us for the next exciting episode. And uh, so I'm okay. Kyle Lentz uh, signing Rick off. Oliver. We're signing out and we'll see you guys next time. All right. Take care. Thanks. All right. You